Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week we unplug as we wrap up the Matrix franchise and say goodbye to Morpheus, Trinity, and Neo as we have our special retrospective episode. Here we are, gentlemen. Andrew, you are here. Here we are. As always, for this entire franchise we have our friend john john welcome back yes happy to be here we're here it's our retrospective we're wrapping up the entire matrix franchise this is how, it. how are we feeling one. guys this is a um, this is an odd one because it's much shorter. This is only four movies. Yes, which is uh, the shortest franchise we've done yet. Yes, yeah, I feel really good about this. I'm excited to do this one in particular because I enjoyed these four movies to some degree, and I'm glad I discovered them uh, for the first time. So I'm excited to jump into the retrospective and really go over final thoughts and all the media this has spawned. Yeah, yeah, not that much, but yeah, well, it, it'll be it'll be a fun ride. That's surprising. Yeah, John, <laughs> uh, John, how about you? Same, I like these films a whole whole lot. Appreciate this franchise. Appreciate what it did for storytelling. I enjoy all these movies thoroughly. Yeah, it's it's been definitely been an interesting ride. It is a different type of franchise. Like you know, it is an action movie, but it feels very artistic in a lot of ways too. Right. Which is really interesting. So we're gonna do things a little differently in this episode, just because we do have a time constraint. John, you have to leave. So I'm just gonna throw it to you. Very uh, important man here. <laughs> yeah. If you have any uh, thoughts or feelings or anything that you wanted to. Uh, kind of make sure that we do say and tackle before you have to leave. Sure. Let's figure, let's just get them out of the way now. Uh, so I'm going to follow the uh, Structure. outline we have here. Okay. What outline? We don't we- use papers. <laughs> <laughs> it's all digital here. <laughs> My ranking has not changed since the last movie. Yeah, it's going to be Matrix, Resurrections, Revolutions Reloaded, I believe. Future of the franchise, I don't think there is one unless, <laughs> the, unless WB needs <laughs> to jump in. What I want to see in the future, books, video games, maybe, <laughs> animated things. I don't want to see any movies that the Wachowskis, singular or plural, are not brilliant to. I like the idea of books. Yeah, I, I, I would yeah. I would read I would read a, uh, a novelized version of, of a Matrix thing in the future. Yeah. Final fun facts. I have a couple because I was curious about some of the, the names of the things in the movie, the Merovingian. Sure. And the Nebuchadnezzar and, and well, Morpheus. All the names are very biblical and, and, and whatnot. The Merovingian, that's an adjective defined as relating to the dynasty of the first French kings, which I think is very telling for that character being yep. as cocky and arrogant right. as he is. Especially in the fourth movie. Right. He, he, he is at <laughs> true his, height, his height in the fourth movie. Yeah. Most important. Man, that character really took a dive toward the end. It is fitting because do they? I don't think they refer to him as the Merovingian in the fourth movie. I mean, obviously it's the same character, but I'm, they don't call him that. He's he, They call him Merv. They, right. they call him Merv. So like, oh, I think Merv. it is fitting that like there even without saying that name it's like they're acknowledging that like he isn't that anymore right you know? Morpheus obviously is the he's the Grecian god of dreams which I found interesting given right. the nature of the movie and a, a couple other fun facts the agents in the first movie their, their license plate has IS 5416 which references a bible verse Isaiah 5416 which says see it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work and it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc which okay. is exactly what Smith does in yeah. the movie. Yeah. He, he is created by the agents and Neo yeah. and, and destroys the Matrix until you know, the end. That's fantastic. We love biblical stuff on here. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, um, Jesus allegories, baby. Jesus allegories. <laughs> One last thing on the Nebuchadnezzar, there's a plaque that says uh, Mark 3, number 11. It's a reference to Mark 
chapter 3, verse 11. Uh And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. So well, I, want to, I want to thank everybody for coming to Bible Hour here at Franchise. Hey man, there, there's another one. Take a less um, biblical franchise next time. There's another one, I believe, on the um, in the in the new movie, I believe as well. Mm-hmm. And in, in Nemesin, is that what the name of the ship was? Yeah, that's the God of Memory, I think. Yeah, our uh, I, I went over in the episode what that means, but there's a plaque I think that has a Bible or references a Bible verse. I didn't look up. Wouldn't what it surprise was. me at all. Yeah, there's a lot of little things down there. You could tell that they definitely had a fun like. Picking up those things and referencing. Oh, yeah. So I would be interested to see, like, maybe it's something you can find online, but like, if the Wachowskis, like, what their religious background is, mm-hmm. and then clearly what their opinions on it for, because it seems like they're definitely knowledgeable. You don't, you don't just open a, a Bible and pick out those verses. Like, they're definitely knowledgeable. Yeah. In some things, if they're going to include the, <laughs> in they, this in there, they had some help. Yeah, maybe, oh, yeah. Sure. So, franchise, overall, overall opinions. Man, I, I don't know what to say that hasn't already been said by all of us throughout the past four weeks. <laughs> but really incredible stuff going on with this franchise. Right. I, the first movie made people question their realities. It really was incredible. The, 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 the later two, while not having that impact, told a very, in my opinion, a very good story about mankind kind of fighting back against the machines, which I know you guys haven't really dealt with yet, mankind fighting against machines. That's a good yeah, no, it's completely a new thing for this for <laughs> yeah. this show. Yeah, uh, I bring we, that yeah. up. We Brand didn't new. do six films about this at all, right? So. And this is so far has been Fast and Furious, and then just six weeks of white noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been rain, sound, yeah. and static. James, who? <laughs> <laughs> His name is Cameroon. Yeah. Um, the Avatar guy. The yes. Avatar guy. Yes. <laughs> Finally, somebody recognizes him for the genius he is. Keanu Reeves definitely. Out, he is not the standout for me for this franchise. Mm-hmm. But this definitely kickstarted his career in a new direction. I it's think. a star-making performance. Yeah. Regardless of how you look at yeah. it, he got other movies because of this. Yes. Well, like I said before, like he was a name, and then like like I was even listening to other people talk about you know the Matrix, like the new movie, and people did mention like when the first movie came out, like he was a name, but he had kind of fallen off, and he was kind of yeah. looked at as this goofy guy. Yeah. And apparently, when the trailer showed him in the in the movie for the Matrix, the trailer for the Matrix was shown in theaters people laughed yeah they were like oh keanu uh he showed off in this franchise what he can really do right. what he's capable of yeah there's no john wick there's no matrix right let's say there's there's great like, see people laugh when they saw him in this and now we have him in john wick we have him in cyberpunk 2077 toy story 4 toy story 4 <laughs> <laughs> all great breakout movie. performances yeah. clearly yeah. um but just the the impact that the Matrix as a franchise had on cinema, you can overstate it, but I don't think you should. I think I think these are very important movies. For yeah. If you look at the sheer number of just movies that reference like The Matrix or Bullet Time in yeah. the next couple of years alone, like it is insane. insane. Yeah. I, I don't even think you like the amount of movies. It's incredible. Yeah, like, yeah, even though because and this was a time when they were really getting into like parody movies as well. Yeah, well, you know, like scary yeah, movie, scary movie, scary movie too. Yep. I'm pretty sure they reference that stuff. Scary in, movie does it, yeah. Yeah, the first scary one, yeah. movie yeah. does it. Like you know, it, 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 you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, there's a big sequence in an animated franchise that we may be talking about down the line uh-huh. uh, that does a, this whole 
Matrix sequence that came around in the early 2000s. Yeah. So it's been done. And, and yeah, a lot of it's them making fun of it, but it's by parody is almost the, the biggest form of compliment. Right. Because yes. it's acknowledging how influential and important this was. Right. I don't think there's a person alive today who, who went up to that and said, what do you think of the Matrix? They'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I can't think of a single. Even person. if they said I haven't seen it, like they know what it is. Yeah, of course yeah. they do. Yeah, was well, so it not even just movies, but the the other popular media like TV shows, comics, like other written media, like every it's everywhere. It's yeah. saturated pop culture. Yeah. Does it need to be a franchise? Absolutely. I think no matter what your opinion on the on the later two movies are, the middle two movies now, I think the story it would it need it need to get told right to to finish the conclusion of the Matrix. Right. Um, yeah. I think that Resurrections, while kind of unnecessary, was a good. Hopefully, a good closure for this franchise, but yeah. you know, I doubt it. Highest and lowest moments of the series. Yeah. So this this doesn't have this can be a character, it can be a whole yeah. movie, it can be a sequence or anything. It, can, it doesn't have to be a moment. You know? So I'm probably gonna tie this and stand up performer together because any time for me that Hugo Weaving was mm. on the screen, yeah. I was captivated. He, right, he just right. he was so seamless as Smith. Anytime he was on screen, I there was a new sense of danger because he's not an agent anymore. Electrifying, he's, really? Yeah, yeah. Like he is literally a one man army in this. In, 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 the machine, the machines hated him, but they couldn't do anything about him. Yeah. Neo had to be had to go to their city and be like, hey, if you leave us alone, I'll kill him for you. <laughs> like, I'll be I'll be a hitman. I'll take him out if you just leave us alone. <laughs> they were desperate. They either say yes or become the new Smithville. There was no other option. Yeah, right. So his character, for me, is stand out. Hugo Weaving as him, incredible. I think the highest points of the, of the series are pretty much any time that he is on the screen. Okay. I, I love, I really enjoy him that much. Nice. Lowest moments, man. I can't think of a specific low moment in this series for me. There are a few moments where the, you know, the Agni isn't great or the writing is a bit cheesy but honestly cheesy writing is kind of a matrix staple for me every movie has something where you're just like all right come on <laughs> right right well even like even like the line of like i know kung fu it's a cheesy line but it's, yeah. it works perfectly in these films right and that, that's a good segue into the my best quote of the movie which is said by my favorite character agent smith during the the last fight with him and neo when he asks him why is he fighting why do you persist are you fighting for something for more than survival mm -hmm. do you know what it is there's a lot more to it but that's just the you know he's like it's it's you can't when it's pointless to keep fighting why 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 do you persist he's driving himself actually kind of insane trying to right. figure out why he's fighting against these odds when literally if even a second smith came in to fight him he would lose yeah there's no way here at neo wins if he continues to fight and it's just neo is just kind of flying in the face of you know logic and, and and maybe even the prophecy, a prophecy to an extent and the architect is saying because I choose to fight right. like, this is my decision if the machines might keep waging war against us but that's the one thing we're always going to have is right, right. choices the legacy of the franchise I think that the first three movies are going to have a I think it's the, it's the legacies there more than Resurrections. I don't think Resurrections is going to really have. I would. I would argue the first movie more than any of them. I because. Oh well, yeah. Because I think because it's been eighteen I, yeah. years since the other ones, and they don't really have the legacy of those movies. Like I mentioned, is that they are kind of disappointing movies. Those. <laughs> That's fair. And I'm, yeah, and I'm not I, saying I, that that's what we think, but oh, no, that, no, that's definitely right. the legacy of those movies. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the first one, I mean, obviously that 
stands out more uh, that stands out the most yeah. out of all four of these movies it is very movie much like out. the terminator that the legacy is in the right. the early part and even if it hits other highs and there are things that stood out to us right that legacy is going to kind of stick with that beginning part. right see i mean the, the legacy of the matrix is that it's going to be a movie that came out changed how people view reality for mm-hmm. a little while at least right solipsism still bothers people today there's no way you could know if you're not in the matrix until you find someone to tell you otherwise and even then how would you know it could be two matrix yeah. So that's a matrix within a matrix. Yeah, it could just it could just be Inception. That uh, could be Inception. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how you say it. Uh, say the the it, Matrixception. Matrixception. In Matrix. No, right. It's on. Christopher point. Nolan and the Wachowskis getting together. Oh my that's god. <laughs> Stop it, Wachowski. When you say uh, <laughs> franchise Nolan? stars, is that like, Nolan? Is franchise stars other stand-up performances? Or is that just... Oh, uh, no. So franchise stars, how we've been picking like who we would add. So I have a list of everybody oh. that we've talked about. Okay. Um, and we can pick one of those. Or you, if there is... if So this is like our defining last. We can only pick one. We've made sure. suggestions in every movie. You can only it add could, one person. It could be somebody that we mentioned. It could be a brand new person you thought about and you didn't get to mention. Yeah. But... Somebody that you want to... The only per- You can put them anywhere in the franchise. You can sure. put them in a new movie. But you pick one person. Where do you want to put them? And, and what do you want to do? I think i like to see Benedict Cumberbatch as Agent Smith. That's a great pick. Very nice. Yeah. As like a rebooted that... Agent Smith. Kind of yeah. like how Jonathan Groth was. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he'll be the same. But I think Cumberbatch has that same... You know, kind of... He, he can get threatening really quickly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we saw him do... I know the voice is kind of layer, But he did Smaug. He was fantastic yeah. as that. Khan. Yeah. He can play those characters very well. I'm I mean, he's in a movie uh, now called The Power of the Dog, and he's a villain in that, too. Yeah. He's uh, really good. Dormammu in Dormammu. Dormammu, yeah. yeah. I forgot he doubled like, as he, Dormammu. He does a great job as a villain. I, I would love to see him. Evil Doctor Strange in, in What If? Now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Evil but, Doctor Strange in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, as they revealed in the trailer. <laughs> oh, they did? Yeah. Yeah, he'll oh. be doing both. Nice. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, those are all of my thoughts. Getting to revisit these movies with the two of you over yeah. the past weeks has been a real treat, a delight at the end of my year. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys have any opinions you want to disagree with me on... No, I mean, I, I... Look, I knew going into this that you were going to kind of be the one that, like... Not defending these movies, yeah. but you have more of a love for these movies. Yeah. Like you had you had already had an established love for these movies. Right. And, Andrew, I know you ended up loving these movies, too, or a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. but... John, I knew you were you were going to be the one that was more like I like these movies. Yeah. I stand by these movies. You had a deeper and, connection. Yeah, and that's yes. why I wanted you on here because Andrew and I. A lot of times, I do re- realize a lot of times we have very similar thoughts, and, yeah. and even though they, they are differing a little bit on this franchise, me and you, uh, uh, John, you're my best friend. We get along very nicely. Yeah. We con <laughs> we conflict. <Suck> well, <laughs> that's franchise us. This is uh, this is Andrew now. Um, <laughs> This is my final Franchise Me episode. John will be taking over. He's the best friend, apparently. John, <laughs> John you're one of my best friends. Oh, I got Arnold. Yes, you do. He made it. Um, John, you're one of my best friends. I love you to death, but we do have a lot of times have a conflicting opinion on movies. We, right. we have a general taste, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think there's an enjoyment at a lot of stuff. We like a lot of the same stuff, but our levels of enjoyment mm. are different, and that's why when we were doing this, I knew you had a love for this. Right. I wanted to bring you on first. My wife wants to claim that she was the first person, and I guess technically she was the first other person to be featured on this podcast. I mean, she was heard first. But but not, <laughs> not as a guest, but as an official guest, I wanted to bring you on first because I thought that uh, you would be able to bring a little bit more of a 
different opinion and right. co- conflicting opinion to me at least. Right. We challenge each other yes. to kind of defend our ideas, and that's what's happened here. We right. we had it. So yeah. I I do truly truly appreciate you being here and you know we're no strangers to peeking behind the curtain a little bit i know that the the scheduling of these episodes hasn't been the easiest uh it's a busy time of the year yes. lots going we, on we and we really really appreciate oh, your flexibility it. you've never complained once you've never given us a problem so i truly truly appreciate that and uh Next you, time you know <laughs> yeah john you're my best friend too <laughs> and now we're in a conundrum because <laughs> You need to, to pick one before, of us. Before you go, you have to choose oh boy. the best friend. We, we, All three of us can't obviously be best friends together. <laughs> That's just not possible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're all best friends. Go ahead. It's, I, it's too late. <laughs> I guess I know that we had a disagreement about a certain relationship that was explored in Reloaded and, 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 and yeah, mm-hmm, Revolutions. Mm-hmm. Resurrections introduced a new relationship that we don't know anything about in um, Naomi and, and Freya which you don't care about at all but they didn't give any closure there either because it's not a relationship that no 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 that's not that's not <laughs> actually yeah. no go go <laughs> no, that, that was, then I'll be the one true best friend <laughs> But yeah, this was a great time. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on for a little bit. I'm not sure when we'll be back on next. We we've had well, conversations. Obviously, we'll keep you. We'll keep yeah. you informed. We've had conversations about what you have interest in, and we know. Uh, you I know, sh- you sure do. We we are working on um, the mummy. <laughs> we're not doing the mummy. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing the mummy yet. But uh, that's a high octane action series for later. <laughs> but Same we, thing with Lord we of the know Rings. that uh, you know if anything does does come by, we'll run it by you, yeah. and and we're happy we're happy to have you on again. Uh, Absolutely, time. you'll be back. Don't you worry. All right, well, thank you, John. John, see, we love you. See you later. Love you guys. To franchise me fan base enjoy the rest of your retrospective thank you for having me for a few weeks there's a giant applause i don't know if you can hear it there's the crowd is going crazy oh, right now they love me they're a little distant they really love me they're there bye, bye john we love you enjoy the rest of your show guys i'll see you soon bye guys bye, bye. thank god <laughs> All right. Well, with that, John is now gone. So we, I guess, we'll just continue down like like any other normal episode. Uh, again, we appreciate John being here and we and, love him. Yeah, giving us their support and and um, everything. So it was really fun to have a, our first official guest a, on the show. A, a real guest, a first real guest. Yep. No matter what your wife claims. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let's we can really get into a, a, our formal retrospective episode. Then, obviously, we were talking about the Matrix. Yes, we have some movies. We have four movies. Have four. Uh, Andrew, can you run us down the four movies in the Matrix franchise? We have the Matrix, the Matrix Reloaded, the Matrix Revolutions, and of course, the Matrix Resurrections. I love the re thing. I know you pointed out in one of the episodes. They I all, love the re thing. They all have re, and I think it's very fitting that we have the Matrix retrospective. <laughs> we definitely intended that we yes, definitely we, intended we, that we did that but yeah four movies over uh, a little over 20 years yes the first one came out in 99 the newest one came out in 2021 yep. lots of stuff to kind of go in here you know we do always break these down by box office each week yes in a retrospective episode we like to reflect on that box office reflect on those Rotten Tomatoes scores and everything so Andrew as we have been doing this is this is actually <laughs> okay. I think the easiest one we've, one we've done yet yeah can you tell me what you think how all these movies are ranked by box office. So let's start with the lowest and work our way up. The one that made the least amount the of least money. The least amount of money. To the most amount of yep. money. Okay, well, I know the least as of right now is Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, and unless something really big happens, it's going to stay that yes. way. Yes. The third one, I believe, is Revolutions. Okay. And then I think the second one is actually the 
first movie, The Matrix. Okay. And I think I think number one is Matrix Reloaded. Congratulations. Is that you it? got it right. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> first time ever. That's fantastic. Uh, three three episodes in, or three retrospective it. episodes three. in, and, and you did it. Four movies. <laughs> Very easy with the Very four easy. movies. It was easy. And one just came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was simple. But yes, it is absolutely The Matrix Resurrections came out at number four. It made uh, $69.8 million as of the recording of this. Yes. That will change by the time this comes out, but it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be anywhere near, I don't think, any of the other movies. Yeah. Unless something really big happens. Unless something crazy happens. Um, and if it does, then, then we'll go out of my way and, and fix it. But right. number three is The Matrix Revolutions with $427.3 million. Yes. That was the box office. Uh, then number two is the first Matrix movie with 466.3 million dollars right crazy that the third one didn't even top the first one well i remember that the i remember when we were talking about the third one i remember there was a significant drop, drop off yeah from the second one which is why i was like i'm pretty sure that one made less money than both the second one but also the first one and it is kind of crazy it didn't make more than the first yeah because you think it would but like that drop off is really yeah. something i yeah. mean it's it's pretty uh wild for especially a third movie in a very popular franchise yeah have that significant of a drop yep and i don't know if it's because they released both in one year or but i think it's because reloaded didn't do what people wanted it to do yeah and they just lost interest and yeah. nobody went to go see revolutions i think a lot of times when you do like a part one part two movie and you don't make it clear that it's a part one part two movie you burn an audience yeah like you know hey you go into harry potter part one you know it's it says in the name part one yes. right so you know it's not going to complete the story yes but you go into this you thinking oh i'm gonna get a full story mm-hmm. It's not even like an Avengers Infinity War where the story of that film is wrapped up. Right. They just leave it hanging. Mm-hmm. It's literally to be continued. Yeah. So I think people were burned by that. And, and they, people lost interest, I think. I, yeah, I think they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah, a little it bit. It happens. And then number one, obviously, is The Matrix Reloaded with $739.4 million. So. It's the most successful at the box office. Yes. I mean, that, that's a big, big return on that yeah. movie. Especially it, at the time. Especially yeah. at the time. And it really kind of, it, if anything, it really points to how popular the first movie was yep. to garner the attention for the second movie. Yep. Even though, you know, people didn't love it. People want to go see it because they love the first one. Absolutely. See, I just thought that was interesting to look at those box office numbers. And, right. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this franchise, like, I don't, I don't know. I guess because it is an older, they're older movies, and the box office wasn't really the same right. back then as we kind of see it is now. Right. But I kind of feel like I expected these movies to have made more money. I would have thought, the th- especially because the first one, I understand why well, yeah. it kind of stopped where it did because it's a first movie in a franchise and even though it gained popularity through the years, I get why it didn't make as much at the box office. Yeah, The absolutely. second one makes total sense to me. I'm like, I get it. It had a couple years to really sit with people. People were excited. You go see that sequel. The fact that the third one had such a drop to that 400 million range that should have been on par with reloaded yeah if not more yeah than reloaded and it didn't perform yeah and that's really upsetting maybe, maybe that year a year would have helped i don't know maybe a year between would have helped i think you're right obviously now we're seeing with resurrections a different situation where it is simultaneously released uh in theaters and on hbo max yeah yeah and that, i think that the, one, one, the one thing that we have learned is that that affects the box office yeah that one and does not surprise me at all it doesn't surprise me at all and i don't think anything big is going to happen with that movie where it suddenly takes off no i just don't think it's going to make that money back yeah and um 
it's upsetting because I w- but I think more people are watching on HBO Max than we think. But it is, I don't it know. is, yeah, it is curious to kind of see that kind of drop in these movies. Yeah, but it is what it is. Well, then we do have these ranked by critics, uh, Rotten Tomato score as well. Yeah, not going to make you do that again. Although you got it all right, congratulations. Yes, thank you. At number four, we have The Matrix Revolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a Critics, Rotten Tomato score of 35%. It is rotten. Mm, um, yeah. Number three, we have The Matrix Resurrections. Ah. It is fresh. It's a 64% sure. by critics. Uh, number two, we have The Matrix Reloaded, which is a 73% certified fresh by critics. And of course, number one, no the shocking, uh, not shocking at all, 80% certified fresh. Not yeah. not surprised at all. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the audience score is exactly the same rank. Wow. It, uh, number four, The Matrix Revolutions. It is 60% fresh. Okay. So the scores are higher. The scores are higher, or but different. it's still the lowest it's, of the movies. Yep. Number three, The Matrix Res- Resurrections with 63%. Which is very close to the critic. Yep. Number two, The Matrix Reloaded, 72%. Also very close to critic. And number one, The Matrix, 85%. So, wow. The critics yeah. and audience scores are a little different, I, but the but, exact same ranking. I, it, well, it sounds like Revolutions is the biggest difference. It sounds like the other three yeah. are pretty close in score to critics. Yeah, I think fans are a little bit kinder, too. And again, this is people, this is still people going back to right. do this. This is people going back to yeah. look at it. And um, I, I get it. I think maybe time has softened Revolutions. Times, is defin- times have definitely softened people's opinions on the two movies. Yeah. And there are some people who I think I've seen some people say that they thought that the second and third movie were better after watching Resurrections and being mm-hmm. disappointed by that. Sure. Uh, I am the opposite. Right. I, I think that this Resurrections is makes the other movies l- I, look far yes, inferior. Absolutely. I'm, and I agree so, with you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, I just, just thought that was a little interested to look at. There's not much there because there's usually we have... We've had six movies. We've had right, ten, ten movies. movies so now far. we have four. Yeah, it is what it is. But we can get into our extended franchise, mm-hmm. and and there's a little bit here, but but not really as much as you would think. I was surprised when you said this because I thought there would be a lot more going on. Now here, it's and... it's different. I have different. I have a, a section uh, that I never thought I would have on here, <laughs> and we'll get there. Okay. But uh, I never thought that I would have a section on here yeah. for a franchise. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can start off with with so the extended franchises. Is anything outside of the main movies? Right. We have the the four main movies. Let's go to anim- animation, and we have the Animatrix. The Animatrix. This is a, again a little peek behind the curtain. This is a conversation we did have about if we should even include this. Right. Because it is technically the Animatrix is built as a film. Right. Um, and we thought about if we should do this and include this, but I think the consensus was to just kind of talk about it here. I did watch this. I imagine you did not. I, uh, no, I did. I did not I did ask not. you to. It, yeah, it's yeah. fine. But I, I did. I found it was on HBO Max. It wasn't. It must have just got added. It must um, have just got added then. Yeah. yeah because it, I was. I looked like maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. And you had to rent it still from. Yep. Like you had to go through like Amazon to rent it, and I was like, well, I'm not going to rent this movie. No. You know, it's not worth that. And I, I'm assuming you're about to say that. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. Interesting, but but basically we'll talk about what it is first, and then we'll talk about it. The Animatrix is a collection of nine short films. Okay. And done in the anime style, different anime styles, different creators who have done different things. Sure. Have worked in this movie. I believe one of the creators, I don't know which story he did, was the guy who created Cowboy Bebop. I know you're, you're Ooh, a fan. Oh, big fan. Um, I know. I believe also uh, somebody who did the uh, Eon Flux. I think he did one as well. Okay. Um, I so think you, what it is. is. If we have to compare this to something, we can maybe say that it's a lot like. Star Wars Visions. Yes, I, this very much is Star Wars Visions. If right. this was released today, this would be an HBO Max absolutely anthology series. Yeah, 
series right, right, right. instead of a instead of a movie. That's why that's ultimately why I didn't include it. And after watching it, I'm glad I didn't because <laughs> there's no there's no through line right. other than it's all Matrix related. And right. and they're all different. Some of them are one of them's like three D computer generated animated. Oh boy. Some of them are like look like they're like pencil drawings. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to see visually. I think you would I think that you would like it. I think I would like it, but I'm glad we didn't include it in this. No, no. Because I don't think we should consider it a mainline no, movie. No, and these were made not to connect to each other. Right. Not to be even, I don't think, even presented to each other. Like, a lot right. of these, and we'll get there, were kind of released on their own. Right. In various different forms. Some online. Okay. One of them was released in a theater as a as an opening uh, for another film. Oh, oh really? So, oh, interesting. Uh, so, like, and it just seems like then they packaged them together as one. And they just released it and released it, the it. Animatrix. Yeah, and so that's why I ultimately am glad. Like, it's not, it's not well, a movie. It's, to, to me, it feels like if we included, like, Pixar shorts yeah. as a thing, you know, it just doesn't feel right. And, you yeah. know, they've put out, well, they've put out exactly. DVDs they have collections of, shorts, of Pixar shorts, but we're not doing I'm those. I'm not going to do them, you know, no. it's, it's like, it's not part of it. If we're doing Toy Story and there's a Toy Story Pixar short, I'll do that in that, but I'm not going to do it right. as its own thing. Yeah, we're not going to do a whole episode No, we'll short. talk about it in the extended <laughs> franchise. Right, exactly. exactly. So that that's how I kind of look at it for that. But it is a collection of nine short films done in the anime style. It was released on video as a collective film on June 3rd, 2003. So these short films tell various stories set in the world of the films and the Matrix. Right. So some of them tie directly into the film, including characters that we're familiar with, mm-hmm. story elements that tie directly into the films. Uh, some of them don't. They just they're just world building. Some of them oh. are really just weird. <laughs> like there's a couple of weird I things in here. Would believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely believe that. So, but uh, the Wachowskis worked on four of these short films, not all not nine. All nine. So, so four, four. I think the ones, and we'll we'll see. I have I have a list of all nine films, their names, who worked on them. Later, I have like some of the actors that are featured in the film. Right. So we'll kind of get an idea of like who's in it and which ones they worked on. But right. I think the ones that feature the movie characters are the ones that the Wachowski worked directly on. That to, makes to sense. tie into the movies more. Right. It was released on June third, so it's in between, or it's it's right around the the second movie release. Yeah, because the second movie was May. Yeah. And they did June. Th- so, yeah, liter- so, I mean, literally, it's just like, it's a couple weeks after yeah, Reloaded. And, and it's something that it does tie into, and it, it, it helps to... The fill in gaps. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, I feel like I understand the world more after watching some of these. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But the short films are, here are their names and who worked on them. The Final Flight of the Osiris. Directed by Andy Jones and written by the Wachowskis. So this one, the Osiris is the ship that warns Zion about the Sentinels. Okay, yeah. So this is them discovering the Sentinel attack and sending the message. Very interesting. Um, The second, Renaissance Parts 1 and 2, directed and written by Mihiro Maeda with a story by the Wachowskis. Okay. So this is about the history of kind of the war. And what happened, so it's the renaissance of, like, the machines. And that, it was actually interesting because the machines and the humans were were living kind of together right, right, right. in society. And it tells the story, or one of the stories it focuses on is a robot that actually kills a human. Hmm. It's the first robot to kill a human or right. machine. And it, it gets a trial. It actually gets wow. a trial for its actions. And, and, and then it kind of, kind of delves down to, like... The machine's kind of being shunned from society, but mm-hmm. some humans are on the side of the machines because it's very much like any type of like murder trial or whatever. Right, like there's right. people who sympathize. Right. But then it, it does eventually boil down to the machines going and living in their own like city or, or right. section of, of the country or, or the world 
More or less, yeah. I believe, and they reveal the title, I believe it's Zero One. I believe, okay. yeah, I believe yeah, John yeah. might have said that in one of the episodes. Right, right, right. They, it's basically them creating it, but they still live in peace. Like, they're making technology and shipping technologies right, right, out, right. but it eventually tells the story of, like, and, and how it came to be, like, more violent, and, mm-hmm. like, they actually sent, like, representatives to try to talk to the UN to be involved in the UN. Oh, And the humans kind of shunning them out and want nothing to do with them. Right. And actually kind of, they kind of... It, it's, it's like seems, modern day politics. They started the war with the machines and the machines are like, well, screw it. We're just going to feed off you. And it led to what we see in the movies. Good, good for the machines. Uh, I do think, because they say in the movies, we don't know. Lawrence right. Fishburne Morpheus says, we don't know who started it. This could be presented. I saw somebody online say that this this could be presented. And it's not necessarily, but mm-hmm. it could be presented as like robot propaganda. Propaganda. Like the machines oh. made this short film oh. to like, this is what happened. Humans are evil. We tried to be good. So like, yes, it might say humans did the, the attack. Right. But it could be them saying, well, this is really what happened and right. we were innocent. Oh, this. that's fantastic. So I don't know. That maybe that's a way that it could be it could be interpreted. Right, but right. Uh, it explains why like, they black out the sun and they do all this stuff. Right, it explains right. all that. So, so the robots can't feed off, the machines can't feed off the, the solar energy anymore. Right, right. So then they're like, well, we're going to feed off of your energy. That's incredible. Yeah, so that's awesome. We have Kids Story, directed and written by Shinjiro Watanabe, with a story by the Wachowskis. So this is Kid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This is kid, and it tells the story of how he broke out of the matrix. Okay, cool. and basically, I'll just I'll try to keep these short. But basically, he starts to feel like there's something not right in his world, mm-hmm. and he actually kind of breaks himself out, and he keeps having these dreams of him falling from a building, and he gets a phone call from like I guess it's Neo telling right. him like get out of there, you know, you run. You've got to he's, get out of there. He starts getting attacked by agents because he's starting to realize something's wrong, right? And he goes to the top of his uh, I think it's his school, and he jumps off just like he had in his dream, basically committing suicide but he wakes awakens himself wow through that action he awakens himself to the matrix in the pod yeah and right. well, well they 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 got him out oh, so nice. when he wakes up he's, he's already a, been he's out actually, wow. he's on the ship yeah that was that's really, really interesting cool. yeah that's a cool thing. um and it's a little backstory on him yeah, and we find sure. out more about that character and it explains why he's such a big fan of neo and right, and i think right. like he, neo saved him he even says like like, the, like i think they use the line that he uses when he blows the gate mm-hmm. i think they use it like what does he say for neo or whatever something like that yeah because of neo or whatever like he says i think he says that in the short film yeah right we have program directed and written by yoshiaki kawajiri okay so this one is about a woman this is very much like it's set the kind of like japan okay and very much in like the samurai style and um it reminds me very much kind of like not does not the look but like kind of like samurai jack a little bit it doesn't look like that right 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 and and phil lamar who i believe is a voice he is is he Samurai he, Jack? He is Samurai Jack. Yeah, he yeah. is. He yeah, is he in this short. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's oh, in this short. So cool. And it's a it's a woman training in the Matrix. She's visited by a, a man named Duo, who they clearly have some type of friendship or relationship. Right, right. And he tells her that he wants to go. He wants to revert back into the Matrix. He wants oh, to. Okay. He wants to not be out anymore. He wants to, he go wants back to in. plug back in right. permanently. Right. And he's working on making a deal with the machines to do so. Right. And he wants her to go with her. And they end up just having this giant. And samurai fight basically over him trying to get her wow. to do it it's real th- this is this is a really good one yeah this sounds and, awesome i'm sorry if i'm spoiling all these for you but it ends with her waking up and it, you find that it was actually all a training program and mm-hmm. duo doesn't actually exist he's not real it was all a training program for right. her to practice her skills and she's upset oh um, that's upsetting so i like that he's named duo though yeah kind of like a play on like neo like neo being the one yeah and then you have like duo which is like a pairing you yeah know what I mean? that's pretty cool and he's kind of he wa- he's in both worlds like he wants to go 
back. Right, yeah. he wants to go back, but he's so, in. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I actually think this one might have been my my favorite. It's called World Record. It's directed by Takeshi Koiki and Yoshiaki Kojiri. Okay. Uh, and it's about an athlete competing in the Olympics. Uh-huh. And we've learned through flashbacks that he previously had set like a world record. And there was like a, there was, like, a drug scandal. He trained to get back. His trainer's like, you can't do it. You're going to hurt yourself if you try to do this. Right. I guess he's clean from everything now. And he's, he wants to break uh, the world record in the Olympics or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's he's at the Olympics trying to break the record. And there's agents in the stand. Oh, and boy. the whole kind of premise is that, like, usually you have to be convinced to break out of this. You have to break out of the matrix. You have to be convinced about what's going on. But some people push themselves so far that they reach a level where they accidentally discover the matrix. Oh, wow. And this guy during this race pushes himself to the absolute limit where he's like his muscles are ripping in his body and he continues to run and he pushes himself so far that he actually awakens himself oh, in his man. pod right the other racers turn into agents and they start chasing oh, him oh god and the this dude, sounds awesome and the dude like crashes and he burns and, and, and it's basically like they don't want they, they, they wipe his memory and stuff so right, right. it's really cool yeah um, that sounds awesome I don't like the animation on that one okay but the, but I think the story is uh is really interesting right right so, okay cool we have Beyond directed and written by Koji Mori Moto. These are clearly like the Wachowskis are not involved with these yet. Or like, well, it's it's a literal anime. Yeah, they're having actual Japanese yep, yep. animation. That's yep. incredible. The animators. Wachowskis are very clearly involved in the ones that tie directly into the lore or mm-hmm. the characters. Well, yeah, all the movie characters sound like Wachowski. Yeah, and then everything else looks like they actually went to um, yeah. Japanese animators, which and is got so them cool. Involved. Yeah. So Beyond, it's about like a girl who loses her cat. She goes look for a cat. She follows the advice of these like neighborhood kids mm-hmm. to go to this house that, that is like a haunted house and it's actually a glitch in the matrix oh. and so like things happen there were like things disappear and reappear and they float right. they, the kids float and people float and stuff and agents kind of get a hold of it or they get a wind of it and that's basically it I, okay. I didn't love this one as much right, right. Uh, visually it's very pretty but I, I didn't love this one as much Okay. then we have a detective story I really like this one too it's directed and written by Shinichiro Watanabe it is about a detective who gets hired to hunt down Trinity he gets hired oh. by an unknown source to find Trinity. Right. He's kind of tired of being a detective. because run down very, detective. Yeah. And as he finds him, he kind of discovers a little bit of what's going on and that right. like he's being used by these agents and he doesn't really understand. And uh, it's a really interesting story. It's kind of this noir style. It's really cool. It's that really interesting cool. one. And the one I really did not like and, and really did not understand that much, Matriculated, directed by and written by Peter Chung. So this is about a group of human rebels and their goal is to capture machines. Okay. They plug the machines into like a matrix of their own, like the humans have made like their own style matrix okay. to try to wake the machines up kind of to right. help them start working together. Like it's almost a prelude in ways to what we see in Resurrections a little bit of the machines coming on the side. Right. Although I like that it happens naturally and not like they're being forced to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's right. like they're waking up the machines to make them feel empathy and understand where the humans are coming from. So it's a lot of this like machine gets plugged into the matrix or a, ma- a matrix mm-hmm. and he starts to fall in love with this woman that's in there oh boy and it, he but it's very much like he's getting like a body and like you kind of see like the insides and the skin it's just it's very huh. it's visually it's interesting but it's yeah, very yeah. just I don't like that style of the animation sure sure yeah I didn't find it really interesting but you know eventually he the robot does because he falls in love with the woman and stuff so it's right. it's kind of more about that okay and it's fine but that's, the, that's what you see there's things that are really 
really interesting and that really helped the lore of the world right. and the lore of, of these movies, but then there's something like that that's like... Well, when you have nine short films, you're going to have misses. Yeah, you but know? it's just... Like, I don't understand... Like, I get it. I guess they're trying to show the, that the robots can be better, but right. I think that's something that they do in Resurrections in a much better manner. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's certainly a very cool idea. I, I always... I, I do like the idea of using animation to fill in gaps in a movie. Yeah, oh yeah. I think that's a really cool idea. Like, especially the ones that specifically the Wachowskis were attached to. Like, showing how the kid got out of the Matrix is really cool. Yeah. Showing how everything started is really... You know what I mean? Like, that kind yep. of stuff really fills in gaps. I'm for that. I yep. like a little animation to fill in a gap. I think that's great. But these other ones just kind of feel like, like you're saying, kind of like world builders or just kind of a story within the Matrix yeah. type deal. You know, yep. stories from the Matrix type yep. deal. Which is fine. I, I don't know. Maybe the Wachowskis stuff should have been separate from everybody yeah, else. And but, I, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, I think it's a great idea to do, but, you know, when you have nine of them, yeah, they're not they're all, all going to be good. winners. Nah, yeah. nah. The film features a large cast of voice actors. Some of these will recognize, some of these we won't, because a lot of these are, are right. really famous voice actors. Right. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who also oh, I know him. provided the voice of the Deus Machina in Revolution. So yes. He's the machine, uh, like, god or whatever in the, uh-huh. in, the, in the Revolutions. He's great. Pamela Adlin, who's Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. Yes. And she's also on, like, is she on, I think it's Californication and she's stuff. She's on Californication. She, she does a lot of writing, too. Does she? Um, yeah. She, she's really great. No, she's, she's really, really great. Gr- yeah, really she's great. really great. Um, John DiMaggio. Oh, you don't have to tell me who that is. That's my boy, Bender. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, I love Bender. Um, yeah, I love Futurama. I'm a big Futurama fan. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yep, know who that uh, is. Tara Strong. I know the name. She um, was Miss Minutes in Loki. Miss Minutes, thank you. Tress McNeil, who did a lot of voices on The Simpsons. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Arnold Taylor. He's Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank. Love so his that, performance as Ratchet. Uh, yeah. Phil Lamar, who you know. No, love Phil Lamar. Uh, also it, a very extensive career. Samurai Jack and also Hermes on Futurama. Yeah, and Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction. Yeah, has a small role in Pulp Fiction. Uh, it also features actors from the film, such as Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and Clayton Watson, who plays the kid, all okay. are in the movie. Uh, four of the films were featured on the website for The Matrix. The final flight of the Osiris was released in theaters ahead of the film Dreamcatcher, and the other four debuted on the VHS slash DVD release of the film. Nice. The film received positive reviews and holds a critic's Rotten Tomatoes score of 89% Ooh. from only 18 oh, reviews. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And an audience score of 78%. Oh, well, so, audience likes it. Yeah. That's important. I enjoyed it. I think I gave it three stars. I really liked some things. I really didn't like some things. I got a little bored. Yeah. It's a long t- It's like an hour 40 minutes. It's nine short films. Yeah. I mean, I think the last 10 minutes is credits. Like, I think it's really kind of like an hour, like oh, an hour, hour and a half, half kind really, of. But like um, 10 minutes of credits. That yeah, makes sense. Or like whatever. A lot of that, of that yeah. amount of animation. Because they don't, they just go into the stories. They don't say, well, this is the story directed by this and this and this and this. Right, like, it right. just has the title. If you're really involved in it, it's definitely worth a watch. I would definitely watch some. If you're two minutes in and you go, I don't like this, skip it. Mm. You know, but there's definitely some interesting things there. Okay. So let's talk video games. Not nearly the extensive <laughs> list of any of the <laughs> other ones that we've like done. Fast and Furious or Terminator. So there were a couple apparently browser games that were available on the Matrix website. Okay. But, I, you know, I don't have any really information about those. Just That's that they fine. were there. That's there fine. really have only been three main video games connecting to the series. There is another thing we're going to talk about at the end that's kind of a video game, but not really. So we'll talk about that. I um, think I know what it is. Yes, yeah. yes. So Enter the Matrix was released on GameCube, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 2, and Xbox on May 14th, mm. 2003, yeah. alongside of the release of The Matrix Reloaded. The game runs concurrent with the story of the second film and features over an hour of live footage shot exclusively for the game that was written and directed by the Wachowskis. This we is, talk- well, I was going to say, this is the big game. We talked about this. This is the game. Yeah. 
that. All right, today we're doing Reloaded. Today we're doing Revolutions. Now we're doing Into the Matrix. And now we're doing Into the Matrix today. We have Into the Matrix footage over here. Then Keanu, I need you to come over here for a Revolution scene. And then I want you to jump over there. We got something for Reloaded. So what is interesting about this game Stop is... Stop it, Wachowskis! In this game, who do you think you play as in this game? Oh, boy. So I think this is going to be a Dom Toretto situation where they do not let you play as Neo. I don't even think you get to play as Trinity or Morpheus. Is it a character we know? Yes. It is. Okay. I'm going to say they let you play as the kid. You play as Naomi or Ghost. Naomi or Ghost? You know who Ghost is? Which he's, one is Ghost? He's like her first mate. Oh, he's okay. In, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, not right. really a, much sure, of a character. Sure, sure. So um, that's it? And it follows the duo no. as they learn about the Sentinel's attack on Zion and their adventures that follow, including working with the Keymaker to uh. bring key, Neo the key he needs, destroying the power plant as we see in the movie, yeah. and meeting with the Oracle, as she references in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game was designed to be an integral part of the story, expanding on information given in the films, including the first appearance of Mary Alice as the Oracle. This came out before right. Revolution, the so Revolution this, this is was... kind of hey, it's a different design. This is her first one. And I think they go into a little bit more of why she looks that way. And like I said, I tried to find it. I think it's like Sati's dad to get Sati's safety had to do a trade with the Merovingian with the Oracle's blessing where she, he gave her the code for the Oracle. Of course. So he deleted her look, but she was able to be basically reborn as a different okay. yeah, design, yeah, yeah. I guess. That sounds right. Something like yeah, that. Look, that if I'm wrong, right. if I'm wrong, we need a lot of voicemails on our website. But, but uh, Yeah, leave us a voicemail if we're wrong, please. <laughs> but, We'd love uh, to hear from you. The game sold around 5 million copies by 2006 and received mixed or average reviews. The biggest complaint about the game is that <laughs> you are forced to play as secondary characters and instead of any of the main trio of Neo, Trinity, or Morpheus. I always get so angry when video games will come out with this big game and there's a character that you want to play as, but they just don't let you play as them. And it's like, what's the point? You know, when I play a Batman game, I want to play Batman. You know, that's what I want. Well, if I'm playing a Matrix game, give me Neo. Yep. Or Trinity or Morpheus, one of the three. Because video games are just this creative haven where yeah. you can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it kind of bothers me when games do yeah. that. I hate that. This is going to be the game I probably get the most wrong about because this is the biggest of them all and, and it's hard to find a lot of information about a lot of this stuff. And I try to be as accurate as possible, okay, but I don't sure. really know anything about it. Okay. The Matrix Online is an MMORPG. So it's a giant sure. group role-playing game online. Makes sense, yeah. Uh, can, and a continuation of the story from the Matrix films that received the blessings of the Wachowskis. We talked about this. Now the Wachowskis kind of said, we're done with the film. We're done with right. the story. This is going to be canon now. They don't right. really, I don't think they really had anything to do with it. Just kind of like, uh, this is, this is, this is the world luck. from now on. Yeah. yeah. They said, enjoy. The game was released in America in 2005. It was available on Microsoft Windows. The game was published by Sega and Warner Brothers. Sega? Yeah. Wow. In the game, you play as a red pill, a human who was awakened from the Matrix. The player travels around the world of the Matrix, completing different tasks. The combat of the game includes free fire and interlock with free fire being used for big gun battles right. and interlocked for close gunfights and bullet time martial arts moves. The game features a three class system broken into coder, hacker, operative. But then each of those have different levels. So it's, oh, it's very... Oh boy. So, but, yeah, um, it's, very, it's very intricate, it sounds basically, like. Basically, coders create a simulation that fights for them. So in, in, a, in a battle, they will make something that fights for them and, and that's how they fight. Hackers manipulate the code of the Matrix to damage or downgrade their enemies. So instead of doing like a fist fight and operatives are soldiers like seen in the movie and can be martial artists so this is like the classes of soldier soldiers can be martial artists gunmen or spies right the player can join one of three organizations they can go to Z zion and join okay. zion they can join the machines or they can join the merovingian <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I'm taking Merovingian every time. The continued story was written by comic book writer Paul Chadwick. The story progressed in real time with mm-hmm. nine new critical missions, three for each main organization. Right, right. Every six weeks. So every six weeks wow. there'd be... So they're updating um, it constantly. Yeah, wow. a new hand-drawn cinematic every six weeks to go with the new subchapter. So with the new subchapter, you get you get a, you get a little animation animated story. Right. Daily live events and large-scale organization meetings every month. In June 2009, the game was discontinued due to low subscription numbers. And when the game was officially shut down on August 1st, 2009, the game had fewer than 500 active players. Ooh. Um, so it didn't do well. Well, uh, this is also after they said we're going to cancel it, so people probably jumped oh, off too. Oh, yeah, they probably just got rid um, of it. But the fact that it never really had a big following it, to well, it was is... People liked it, but it wasn't it wasn't big. Like, I think that goes to show, like, the fans of The Matrix really like The Matrix and, and all the extended stuff, but, like, I don't know if... A like, general audience member I don't say. think outside of the first movie that these movies are really for general audiences. Right. And, and I don't think the Wachowskis want them to be. I really don't think they right. want them to be. The Wachowskis I've always, and I meant to say this in the Resurrections review, they've always come across as like, this is their baby, like this is their art project. Right. And it kind of got manipulated and formed into this big blockbuster franchise and it's not, that's not what they want. That's why there's not Thanks a lot Warner of, Brothers. that's why there's not a lot of video games, it's not, yeah. there's a lot of whatever, that's why they said, we told the story we want to tell, goodbye, see ya, we're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they're not, there's not a Matrix 7 or 8 or 9, right. you know. They're not, you know, they're not hanging out with Dom Toretto or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're not churning these out. The game received mixed to average reviews. So the okay. last main game is The Matrix Path of Neo. is a 2005 game developed by Shiny Entertainment and published by Atari. Who do you think you play as in The Path of Neo? I hope it's Neo. It's Morpheus. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the game was written and co-directed by the Wachowskis. Co-directed um, by the Wachowskis? Yeah. Uh, oh, they were attached to this. They were attached to okay. this. Um, you play as Neo participating in scenes from the films. The Wachowskis picked most of the sequences to be featured in the game and most are from the first film. Oh, okay. Um, the game also features cutscenes from the movies and other parts of the franchise, including the Animatrix and Enter the Matrix. The game received mixed to average reviews. I did see that, like I said, most of the scenes are from the first movie. You do like the train, f- the fight in front of the train with Smith. You do the burly brawl, the, all the Smiths fighting Neo right, right, right. from the second okay. movie. Cool, cool. But I think the big, the only sequence I think you play in the third movie is the Smith fight at the end. But, and I, I don't want to be wrong by this, but I want to understand, there's like an alternate ending where like Smith, all the Smiths make like a giant Smith robot and you have to fight that. There's a big Smith robot. Okay. <laughs> so, They're all like standing on each other's shoulders. Something like thing. that. Oh, yeah. Boy. So it's just a giant human robot. Or something where they, where they have a robot or they, I don't know how oh, they do boy. it, but that's what I came across, that I think. That sounds so weird. That's the Wachowskis, I think. So. Yeah, that's odd. But I think it's that's like, really hey, because the fight, the last fight is good, but it's not like, it's kind of, it becomes one-sided pretty quickly. So it's how are you going to play that? So let's just have them make a giant robot and Neo can oh, fight the man. giant robot. I love the idea of just the Smiths all pulling out their medallions, slaying them together and going, Megazord! And they all just they, throw. The, it, the <laughs> ending is like, the ending of the game is different from the ending of the movies. So. Okay. All right. That's, that's really strange. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex! <laughs> Megazord! Form of Mr. Smith! <laughs> Agent Form Smith. of Mr. Smith! Do you think the White Ranger will join us? We Tommy's have... not here. I'm sorry. Hey, no, you're good. 
The last thing we have to talk about, this is I'm sure you know what's coming, is okay. The Matrix Awakens. It's I know an this. Unreal Engine 5 experience. Yes. This was just announced a couple weeks ago uh, at like the Game Awards or whatever. My um, brother downloaded this. Have you played it? Actually, I did not play it. He downloaded it. He said it was pretty cool. That's yeah, all he told it, me. He said it, it was pretty cool. It's a free to download gaming experience uh-huh. available on the Xbox Series X and the PS5. It is considered, if you look it up, it's uh, described as a gaming experience or yes. a tech demo. Yes. It's not a game. It's not a game at all. No. no. Uh, the game is a tech demo showcasing the ability of the next generation gaming systems to show photoreal images. The Matrix Awakens contains uh, no quests in a traditional sense, but does allow the player to explore the world by flying or driving around. Yes. So you can check out the world, you can fly, you can yeah. you can drive, you can do all this, You can do. but it is a way to be like, look, this looks pretty real. It's more just for looks. It's yeah. Not, it's more just to check it out and there, go, look how cool this looks. may be something, like I would not be surprised if they make a game like there, this in the process well, there, there, again. There, there, might, there might be something in the pipeline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this yeah. is them showing that look at what we can do. Like, yeah. I watched uh, some of the demo and I think it's, or not demo, but like the introduction. I think what they showed is included in the actual like game. And it like, it's like Keanu Reeves, but it's actually like a, a yes. photorealistic Keanu Reeves, yes. not really Keanu Reeves. Yep. And at one point he transforms from himself now to himself from 99. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about that too, you're, as you were saying, it was announced at the Game Awards. And I watched the Game Awards this past year, actually. I just want to say the intro of it was fantastic because Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss introduce it. But before they do that whole thing, they show uh, a, a clip for Resurrections because they're mm-hmm. also there to promote Resurrections yeah, 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 as well as this thing. But as they're doing it, they're showing like archive footage from the first movie. And it shows the famous scene of of obvious, of Neo bending backwards bullet as the time, bullet yeah. time. It shows bullet time. And then Carrie Ann Moss looks at Keanu Reeves and goes, can you still do that? And he goes, absolutely not. But then he goes, but then he gets into the camera space and he goes, but I can in the Unreal Engine 5. And I was like, I love it. I love it. Man, like I said, I mentioned uh, that I've been watching interviews with Keanu Reeves. I love it. And and I love that guy. And, and, <laughs> I really do. And well, I mentioned like on one of the episodes and I, I kept it in that uh, he talks about like one of the interviews, they talk about like the cyberpunk, like they tried to hack the game yeah, yeah, yeah. so that they could have sex with this character. And he goes on this kind of tyrant about like the future of porn. And, yeah. and he's like, oh, and like, they're like, the guy's like, are you saying like, are you giving permission for like these people to hack like your character? And, and he's like, yeah, I think it's great. And Carrie almost goes, that's him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm not in. I'm not in. <laughs> I think I think it's fantastic. God, he's so great. And he they is. and they asked him like, do you play video games? He's like, no. And they're like, have you ever played Cyberpunk? He's like, no. I've never played Cyberpunk. <laughs> so, I've it. I never played. <laughs> Listen, I, I watched demos and I watched people play, but I, I never played it. That's so, so funny. I love that dude. It's it just, so interesting that he put himself in this video game though, even though he does not play video games. Well, I think they sold they him can, on the idea well, of it. The yeah, thing. they must have. They convinced him and sold him on the idea of being in this, and it's fantastic because yep. I've, I've actually I've seen footage of that game and I've, my brother also has played that game and he's all over it and then we're in like the middle of like the Keanu Sants I guess they call it uh, with like John Wick I mean look literally what he in one year he was in a John Wick film yes Toy Story 4 yes and he was in Always Be My Maybe Always Be My Maybe yeah and all in one year as a completely all different characters and, and each one was great in all those movies yeah. they're all actually very good movies yeah, too yeah, that yeah. you just said they're all very good movies and he's great in every single one and 
I just love that he's kind of still doing that to this day. Yeah. Like he kind of just appears in whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. Yeah. You love to see him. You love to see yeah. him pop up. He, I mean, we are truly in a Keanu Reeves, Reeves Assange. He's not really worried about money. He wants to do what he thinks is fun. Yeah. You know? yeah. I love that we're in an era of a Keanu Sans and a Renaissance. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I can't wait for Whale. I can't oh, wait for Whale. I can't wait for um, Whale too. Can't wait to do the Mummy. God, Brendan well, Fraser. If only we knew somebody who wants to be on the Mummy. If so, only. If only. It's too bad we. There's nobody that wants to do the Mummy. Yeah, with nobody's us. interested in those movies. So. Well, let's move on. We have comics. So the franchise has seen a set of comics and short stories written and illustrated by figures from the comics industry. Uh, one of the comics was written by the Wachowskis and illustrated by the film's concept artist, mm-hmm. Jeff Darrow. The comics and shorts were originally posted on the Matrix website from 1999 to 2003. Okay. Uh, one of the comics was meant to be given away at theaters as a promo item with the first film, but WB recalled the comic due to its mature content. Oh. So they didn't like that. So. Oh, there was nudity. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But yeah, I'm sure it something. was just some cursing and some nudity. Uh, most of the stories, along with some new ones, were republished in two printed trade paperback volumes in 2003 and 2004 in a deluxe hardcover 20th anniversary edition in 2019. Nice. Uh, yeah, comics. I haven't read any of these. I haven't looked at any of these. But I, I know John had mentioned he would like to see them maybe continue in books and stuff like that. And it is interesting. Comics, I think, might be the better way. Or yeah. like uh, graphic novels. But of course, in, in typical Wachowski manner, it's not <laughs> like yeah. a traditional comic. Comic, you know, right. it's got to be something you yeah, know, creative. Well, they're different. they're released online on the website. They're right, not right, publishing right. them out and whatever. We're not going to so. publish our stuff. So. Publishing is so um, old. We have a screensaver. Screensaver, obviously. Uh, Didn't think you were going to say that to me. That's not what I'm talking about, though. Uh, the Matrix website provided uh-huh. a free screensaver, which simulates mm-hmm. the falling Matrix digital rain of the films. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, actually, uh, that's actually really see, cool. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the screensaver was reported to have a password security issue. So, uh, <laughs> Classic. Glitch in the Matrix. Glitch in the Matrix. You gotta have it. Uh, the thing that I did not expect to say is religion. Let's talk about religion. We're talking. Oh, good. we're gonna talk about religion. Well, as everybody knows here on Franchise, Game, we do a lot of Jesus allegories. <laughs> we're really into biblical stuff here. Uh, so the, getting to talk about religion is really what we want to do here. The topic that's gonna cause absolutely no controversy whatsoever. <laughs> Let's talk about religion. Matrixism is Matrixism. a is a religious movement inspired by the oh. trilogy, the original trilogy of Matrix films. Boy, oh boy. The religion was conceived in 2004 and claimed to have 300 members by 2005. Oh my god. And then eventually over 1,600 members at one point. Now, like I said, I'm getting this stuff from online. I don't know if this is still ex- around. I don't know if this exists. Or if it has been debunked. There are debates around the religion if <laughs> the followers are actually serious about the practice or if this is just... I bet they are serious. People who love the Matrix movies. I don't know. But the religion is also referred to as the Path of the One. The path of, of the, the one. one. Yeah. Oh boy. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. We're gonna talk about um, matrixism's four main beliefs because I have a theory about matrixism. We'll, we'll get to it. The four tenets of matrixism. That's what they are. The four main beliefs. Oh, the four tenets of matrixism. Uh. Matrixism. Uh, these are the belief in a messianic prophecy. Okay. So kind of like the neo thing. The one. Yeah. Got it. Use of psychedelic drugs as sacrament. Okay. This uh, is uh, like my religion so far. Perception of reality as multi-layered and semi-subjective in adherence to the principles of at least one of the world's major religions. So you have to have the belief of another religion but then do drugs and talk about the matrix so to me if you look if you if you practice matrixism and you're listening to this podcast i apologize i don't want to offend you but to no, me, i think it's okay this sounds like a cult yeah or yeah just 
some people who love Matrix and want to have an excuse to take psychedelic drugs. Yeah, I mean, because... look, if you're if you're if your idea of a good time is hanging out in an opium den, you're a Buddhist or whatever, and you're shooting up some opium, and you're just like, let's talk about the Matrix, dude. Like, you know, go for it. You know, that's your life. There's nothing wrong with hanging in an opium den. No, that... that's that is so wild to me, though. <laughs> the, that is so wild. The last rule that adherence of to the principles of at least one of the world's major religions. That's insane. It's literally let's pick. You can pick any you, religion you want. you want. Buddhism, Catholicism, Christianity, Christianity yeah, whatever you Judaism, want. Hinduism, whatever, whatever you want. Follow those rules, but let's take some psychedelic drugs and let's believe in a one. The world's fake and let's just let's have just, a good time. Let's just have a good time. Pass the mushrooms. A holiday known as Bicycle Day is celebrated on April 19th and is recognized by uh, Matrixism. Okay. Of course it is. I believe that is as an actual day. It's but, but I believe it, there's a bicycle it's, day. It's recognized by them. I love that that's uh, the one they well, chose. Well, it's not. like It marks the anniversary of Albert Hoffman's 1943 experiment with LSD. So again, it's drug related. <laughs> Once again, it's drug related. Okay. So. Could you imagine just putting in for that day off? Hey, boss, I need a bicycle day off. <laughs> bicycle day? Yeah, bicycle day. What, 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 what is bicycle day? Oh, it's uh, the day the guy discovered LSD. No, he didn't discover LSD. Oh, what did he do? It's, it's an experiment with LSD. Oh, yeah, he I, don't know what I, he, I don't know what the experiment was. Sorry, I'm on LSD right now. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, a, you're talking a, to a wall right now. <laughs> That is so insane to me. That's crazy. Uh, the symbol for the religion is the Japanese kanji symbol for red and was also used in the Enter the Matrix game. So they took the symbol. The symbol was used in the game, like red for red pill. Okay. And they were like, oh, well, they used it in the game. Let's take it and make it a religious well, symbol. Let's make it our own. Uh, are you going to be joining uh, Matrixism anytime soon? Yeah, I'm going to practice right after I'm done here. I'm going <laughs> to go home. I'm going to just, I'm going to find somebody with shrooms and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. You know, I'm going to believe in the one. Hey, teach their own Sounds good, man. I I, I don't know, man. I, this is my last episode. I'm going to get lost in an opium den somewhere. <laughs> Definitely sounds more like a, uh, a cult than, than, uh, than a religion. Well, it doesn't sound like it is. <laughs> it is. But um, that's okay. You know, whatever they want to do. Toys. Let's talk toys. We have action figures and other collectibles were made for the franchise. Of course. Uh, including Funko Pops and Hot Toys. But there's not that much stuff. In fact, we do have our collection of uh, merchandise that we do like to uh, purchase right. for, you know, these franchises. Sure. I don't have something yet because it's hard to find oh. a piece of merchandise right. that, that's not just like a t-shirt or right, like right. a super expensive Hot Toy action figure. Right, right. So, um... Well. Well, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have something. But I don't have one today. Right. That's fine. That's so. fine. Well, it's out there now. People know. Curtain's been dropped. Um, the wizard's revealed. But that's it for the extended franchise. Like I said, there's not, there's yeah, not much there. Yeah, that's very short. That was really short. I wasn't expecting it to be that short. But yeah. uh, I guess you're right. You would think it would have so much more because of how... Uh, but then again, it's really not. I was going to say for how like revolutionary this franchise is. But it's really... the You know, it, I don't know. It's It's revolutionary in ideas and movie ideas. But it's not... like Like, it's not... It's not taking new heights. And I did look up, because I know one of the things we do uh, cover a lot is like theme park rides. And I tried to look up like theme park rides and if there are stuff. And basically what I found is that I think Warner Brothers is working on maybe making a theme park themselves, kind of like in the vein of Universal. I don't know how true this even is, right? But Warner Brothers might be trying to make a a theme park. And and one of the things that they will use as like their big thing is Matrix. What is with Warner Brothers like so into their properties? This kind of goes back to like Space Jam Legacy, where they were literally in no. a Matrix-esque thing. Am I wrong to say that Space Jam Legacy and Matrix <laughs> Resurrection are super no, similar? No, you're not. <laughs> 
you're not. You're so you're so right. It's like it's the same thing, and it's like they're like they literally go into the WB Matrix verse, the WB verse, and there's like all of their properties are there, and I'm just like blown away that they're gonna do this. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, I don't know. I, we don't know this if is, it's but... official, but I guarantee somebody's gonna leak it, just like that Warner Brothers fighting game. Yeah, they're that's gonna do, coming out. Yeah. yeah, that's coming out. They're gonna do. They're gonna do a theme park, and are they also gonna do Orlando? Orlando's crowded. I don't know where they're gonna put it. I don't know where they're gonna put it. I don't know if they're even. Again, I don't know if this is even gonna happen. But that's what I found is that apparently they are looking into doing something like that. Oh, um, Game but of the, Thrones. But then what are they gonna Harry do? Potter. Because well, yeah, but Universal has the Harry Potter rights. What are they gonna do? You would think that would be like a flagship thing for them. I don't. And they're not I don't gonna know. be able to have it. I guess they'll have all the DC, the DC World. Yeah, they would have DC World. You know, you go in and uh, you're on the longest ride of your life because it's uh, directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, we're going to do Zack Snyder's Justice This roller coaster League. is four hours long. The roller coaster is four hours long and it consistently goes at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> And it's a masterpiece of a ride. But yeah, uh, it's going to be a masterpiece of a ride. There is also like, there is something like, there's like a major... Yeah, the roller coaster goes slow-mo. <laughs> Why didn't we say that? The slow- it would just slow down suddenly and you're like, what's going on? You're in the slow-mo <laughs> aspect of Zack Snyder's Justice League roller coaster. Oh my God. Uh, there is something off of the, on like the coast of Australia or somewhere in, in like a, in like a park in Australia where like they had like a Matrix exhibit. Right. Uh, kind of similar to what they do. Like, you know, like those, those like touring uh, things like they do with the, the Marvel handle one and Harry Potter right, got no, one yeah, coming yeah. Like, around. Like a movie Yeah, props and, and, and there stuff. was yeah, one, um, they had one for Matrix for a while, I don't, but I don't think mm-hmm. it went anywhere. I think it was just in Australia. Uh, and then I did read, there was, I read something about some type of ride, but I it, I could never find, all the only things I could find about it were like on shady websites. I'm like, I don't think this is real. Sounds like somebody built a ride <laughs> and is trying to keep it very down low. It reminds me of like that ride, that what is it, Action Park? That dangerous New Jersey yeah, park. Yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah. me of that. Like this guy like built, somebody you just build a ride and was like we're keeping it very on the down low but we got an enter the matrix ride here and <laughs> let me tell you it's gonna send you to a new dimension um it is interesting that like there's not much more here i'm surprised by how like how little that there is right because i was expecting a whole bunch of matrix games but i guess it makes sense because the, you can hear the wachowskis are involved in a lot of these and even the one game that they weren't really involved in the online game they gave their blessings yeah. so like it's so not i'm you know, wondering if it's like a protective thing like there's yeah, like, let's I, not mess this up. I think that they are super protective of this franchise. And, yeah. And that's really, I think, why Lana came back for the fourth movie because she right. didn't want somebody else to go and do it. Right, you know? right. But uh, while also having an idea and, and having something, but yeah, well, well whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, But that will lead us into the future of the franchise wow. because I talked a lot in the Resurrections episode about kind of how that movie came to be and you asked me, you or John asked me about like, I think it was John, about like, were they working on making a movie without the Wachowskis? Mm-hmm. So here's the information I kind of found about that. Okay. So, in March 2017, The Hollywood Reporter stated that Warner Brothers was beginning to develop a relaunch of the Matrix franchise. Apparently, the, stu- the studio discussed at some point a television series before dismissing it and choosing instead to negotiate with Zach Penn, who okay. was a writer, okay. to write a treatment for a film starring Michael B. Jordan. Interesting. Yeah, I remember okay. these. I actually remember these rumors. Right, right, right. Uh, this would be without the involvement of the Wachowskis. Penn stated, I mean, there's a lot here. Uh, sure, sure, and sure. I, I tried to condense Condense it. as much as you uh, could, right. But Penn stated that he was not working on a reboot or a remake or a continuation instead was working on stories set in the pre-established continuity okay. so kind of going into what already existed and playing around with that sure potential stories that were per- reportedly considered included a Morpheus spinoff or an alternate storyline with a focus on one of his descendants so like Morpheus had kids or hmm. whatever okay which would make sense
points with the, kind of like the rumored Michael B. Jordan, and maybe he's playing a young... A descendant uh, of Morpheus. Or, or, or a, a young, young Morpheus, Morpheus right. yeah. In 2019, Michael B. Jordan said he was flattered by the rumors, but did not fully address them. So I believe he probably was actually in negotiations with them. Obviously, and, this has probably fallen through at this point. Yeah, you know, in 2019, right. Zach Penn confronted the script he wrote was set earlier than the first three films. I, the one thing I could not clarify is it seems like this is dead. Like they, It seems like once Lana Wachowski right. came out and said, I want to do another movie, they, just killed they that said, project. Well, you're done, yeah. let's do this. But I would not be surprised if there is something developing and we maybe do get a, a young Morpheus film or right, something. Right, right. I don't want it. Maybe. I don't want it. But... <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I don't. I would not want young Morpheus, young Trinity. You can't really do a young Neo, I guess. Like, no, no, no just him of, living a normal life. Yeah, just him living a normal life. It's a coming know? of age story. It's a coming of age story. He goes through a breakup. It's very, it's very heart wrenching. But no, like I wouldn't want like a young Morpheus to see how he. You know, it just yeah, it doesn't work for me. No. Yeah, I'm glad that maybe those projects are dead. I, I'm also wondering if maybe depending on how Resurrections does, if that will also affect this. If, if, if there is, is a, a project yeah. in the pipeline, I'm wondering if the reception of this movie will affect that. Yeah. And if so, I think it's pretty safe to say they probably will kill it off if Matrix Resurrection doesn't really perform yeah, better than and it should. It's not going to, it, yeah. It, it's probably going to get killed off. Let's be honest, a, a more professional show would have these answers. I I, I, do, the, I do the best right, I can. We, <laughs> well, look, we're not in the industry, so we don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting that they tried that. Yeah. And that's definitely what they're referring to <laughs> when uh, Jonathan Groff says, well, Warner Brothers says we're going to make one of these with or without you. Yeah, yeah. So let's just do it. We're you doing know? it. Yeah. Well, then what do you want to see in the future? Hmm. I think for me, I would love to see... I mean, you can answer nothing. Here's what... No, I actually... There is one thing I would want. I want the video game where you do get to play as... The three of them. The three of them. I would love a Matrix game where you can play as Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus. But each of them, because we've come so far in gaming, each of them gets their own story. And you basically get to split off. Whoever you choose, it is a different story. They go on their journeys. And then maybe at the end of the game like it normally does they would converge together and have like a big final story i don't know where you'd set this i don't know what you do i mean if you were i guess if you were going to set it maybe you could set it between the time of the first matrix and reloaded because there's a lot of stuff there that yeah it feels like doesn't get talked about a lot yeah you could do like an interesting event that happens between there and you could show these guys working together to free people and maybe yeah. like yeah like the the conflicts they got into as they were doing that i think that would be a really cool idea and i think somebody should do it that's that's what i would want i don't think I want another movie at this point. No, I, it makes sense. I, we kind of covered that in Resurrections. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, I think as far as like other media, I would just love to see just a straight out video game like that. No, that makes sense Especially to me. now that Keanu Reeves has shown us what the Unreal Engine 5 can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the franchise has kind of run its course and anything else that could be done may be overkill. Yeah. Um, I, again, this is coming from somebody who loved that last movie. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, a Morpheus movie or prequel, I guess, would be fun, but I, I th- it's not necessary. Like, John kind of put it the best. Like, these movies aren't that fun. Like they're right, the right. first one is, and the new one is. But I, the, the second, third one, they're but, not fun. Like this is a dark world. Like yeah. this is a dystopian future. It's like dystopian. So it's gritty. I don't like. It would just be kind of like overkill. It's too much. I, yeah. No. No Morpheus prequel. I, I know everybody loves that character, but for the love of God, just yeah, don't but, do it. Yeah. I don't, and now they have a, a like. It could be. You know. You could get Yaya Abdul Mateen the second to come back and do yeah, that. Yeah. I guess so. But, but like it just. 
doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. No, to it, me for it them doesn't to do it. It doesn't it a- feel right to force that. No, it absolutely doesn't. I have a little bit of more facts to talk about. More about kind of the legal side ah, of this movie because we yes. talked about in the first episode about um, maybe some lawsuits and stuff that was sure, happening. Sure. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute, but but before we do that, I want to take a second to just talk about the Wachowskis as directors. <laughs> okay. Because look, so we've kind of teased this look, the entire we've been, time. We've been teasing this the entire time. I even in the first episode was like, let's try. You know, I I I said this. The Wachowskis as directors. You and I have had a unique experience with their movies because we we had maybe the unfortunate uh, starting point of starting with a little film. It's not really little. It's pretty big and long and boring. Beats a dead horse. It's called Cloud Atlas. So I actually, <laughs> I did watch Speed Racer when I was younger. Okay. But I never, I wasn't really paying attention to it. Sure, I, sure, I like, sure. loosely it's watched it. kind of in it. and out. Yeah. Well, I bought the DVD and I put it on and I thought like, oh, this is going to be a fun movie. I could like, you know, not really right, pay right, attention right, right, to right. And you, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. So I, I had seen that technically, but to actually sit down as an adult and yeah. like, let's watch this movie. This is by the people who did The Matrix and you see what this is. I was actually, and we'll, we'll talk this one day I uh, did a giant uh, Tom Hanks watch of his entire filmography you watched every movie he's ever been I wrote kind of like all my opinions down I ended up writing like 64 pages it was a Tom Hanks manifesto a complete ranking of my opinions of his films top 10 performances top 10 characters things like that right and um, I read it. It's great. <laughs> well, thank you. In that, obviously, I have to watch Cloud Atlas. Yes, you did. Uh, this is a film. Uh, I heard it was big. Uh-huh. Uh, it did not look interesting to me. Yeah. I sat down and watched it. Absolutely could not stand the film. Yes. Uh, could not stand the film. One of my least favorite viewing experiences of all time. Yes. So <laughs> much so that you were texting me. Physically, physically painful experience. Yes. Watching this movie. Yes. My wife was like, are you okay? Because like from the living room was going... Uh, like throughout the entire thing and I knew that this movie had bombed that movie bombed Bombed. the box office bombed Bombed. and I knew that so because of that I thought that nobody really liked this movie and I went Uh online to see my opinion validated and was bombarded (laughs) with this movie is insanely beautiful this is the best movie I ever saw I love this movie this movie changed my life (laughs) and look if you feel that way if you believe that way I think that's wonderful so I went to my friend Andrew that's me because I I said, look, man, I know you love movies. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. need your help. Yeah. I said, I am in trouble. Yeah. Because this movie is upsetting me. Right. The more I think about this movie, the more I look about this movie, the more I learn about this movie. Yeah. It is upsetting me. Yes. And you said, well, this sounds fascinating. And you actually said to me, you know what? I think I'm going to like this movie. I Everything- went into this saying, I think I'm going to like this. And you you basically said, you should you know, watch this and tell me if I'm crazy. And you did me a favor. And you, I you sat it. down and I, watched I, it. I watched all three hours. I validated your opinion. Oh. It is a slog of you- a movie. Texted me and said, I'm watching it now. We'll let you know. And I was like looking at the clock to see like three hours. I think I was a half hour in and I texted you and I said, This is really already quite bad. And no, I I think you, I think you actually said, This isn't as bad. This isn't as bad as I thought it would be. But then it's going. And then you were, and then at the end, you were like, Because I literally walked around and my wife's like, You okay? I'm like, Andrew said he liked the movie. Andrew said he's enjoying the movie. Andrew said he's enjoying the movie. I can't do this. What's going on? And then literally you ended it. 
I opened it and you're like, I hated this. And I was like, hey, yeah, no. it's it starts off really great. But then it kind of just gets uh, worse to me. There is a recurring theme that keeps coming up that they keep beating over the head. Yes. Almost we'll talk to, about it uh, to the point where you and I were like, we get it. Like, we know what your movie's about. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. like I said, I want to validate this. If you like this movie, if you if this is your favorite movie of all time, if you love this movie, that's great. I don't need anybody to, to not like it. But because I hated it so much. Yeah. I could not really find anybody who hated it. That's why I went to you, and that's yeah. why I felt validated because at least somebody I know, yes. and again, we have similar tastes in movies, very similar tastes in movies, right. that I was so happy that you were with me because I was I was afraid there are a few things, <laughs> cough, cough, good fellas, that we, that we do disagree on. And, and right, not right. that I think the movie's bad. I don't. But you just love that. It's one of your favorite movies To me, time. it's a classic. Yeah. yeah, and I think the movie's good. Yes. But I was afraid it was going to be something like that. Right. But you were going to be like, it's not that bad. Right, right. So when you texted me and you said it was bad, I was so happy. So we, we got time. We're running quick. Yeah. We're, I'm going to talk about Cloud Atlas for Let's a couple do it. minutes. Yeah, please. Um, And it's been a while. It's been about, about a year since I watched a movie. For me too, as well. But it is a movie I never want to have to go back to watch again. Although, if like somebody I know, like if John said, hey, I, w- I want to see if this movie, I want to see if this is bad or not, I would sit down and watch it with him because I want to see his reaction. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's brave of you. I wouldn't do that. But you're right. This movie has a beautiful message. I'm going to say that right there. I know you agree with me. Beautiful message. Beautiful right? message. This, this movie is all about how everybody in the world has a purpose. Yes. And what do you do, the actions you do, the littlest actions you do in this world, whether you think are meaningless or not, will have impact not only on your life yep. and the people around you, but the history of the world. Generations. It forever. Will, it will reverberate through time. And that's a beautiful message. Right. About why everybody's important, about how wonderful this world can be. Yes. And how nobody is worthless in this world because right. of the choices that we make. Absolutely. This message is made very clear in the first <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie. Yes. They then spend three more <laughs> hours hammering this over your head. Did you see this guy gave this paper and this paper was found in this file by this woman and this woman did this and then she did that and now yep. this and this. Meanwhile, they're slapping people in Korean makeup. Yep. White actors in Korean makeup yep. and having them go out there and play Korean characters. Isn't it amazing how they overlook that? And everybody's like, this movie's beautiful. I'm like, I didn't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like, beautiful. Yeah, uh, no, really, that's beautiful because that's pretty ugly to and me. And I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that when that section the movie comes up Tom Hanks is like I'm going to play a completely different character and not really be in this section yeah, of the story it's, it's pretty odd how his character disappears there doesn't it <laughs> uh, he plays like they watch the, one of the main characters it, watches a movie and he plays a character in that movie yep. and that's how he's in the story because it's a small this, thing this whole thing is using these actors in all these different stories it's, it's yeah. so many different stories it's like six or something yeah. and these actors each of them these six main actors have their own story yeah. and then they're featured in other people's stories and, and Tom this is Hanks, Tom Hanks and Halle Berry Halle Berry's in one. one, Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, she's the other one that appears in all these, right? The the six main actors, I think, all appear in each other's, I think. Or a lot of of different ones. Like, even like Hugh Grant's in the film, but he doesn't have a main story. He just pops up in a couple of different things. Uh, But Tom Hanks plays his normal skin color, does not wear Korean makeup. Does not. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that he definitely was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) They probably brought in the makeup and he looked at it and said, no, no, no. (laughs) I will not be doing that. He got Hugo Weaving to do it. It, but not uh yeah Hugo Weaving made a, a bad decision I don't know what he was thinking uh, and 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 their rationale the, maybe, the, maybe it was a little 
The Wachowski's rationale behind this is that they use actors of other colors to portray different colors as well. Actors of Asian descent appear as like white characters and therefore they feel like they're equaling out. The problem is though that they are trying to equal it out. Yeah, but it, sh- it shouldn't... But that's what I'm saying. They shouldn't be doing it in the first place. No. I don't think there should even be a concept of equaling it but, out. Andy, but these characters, I don't... As far as I know, and maybe I'm wrong because I don't remember, these characters aren't supposed to be playing the descendants yeah. of these other characters because they all take place over different times. Tom Hanks' character in the last story isn't his, isn't the character his character in the very first movie's great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. It's not. Not as far as yeah. I know. It's a completely different person. Yes. It just also happens to look like Tom Hanks. Right. So then why do you need these... These white actors to play Korean characters. Just cast Korean <laughs> actors. It's that simple. All you had to do was cast. You Korean can, for actors. one story, be like, "Hey, Hugo Weaving, we're gonna tap you out. You're not gonna be in this one." So as he, was, just, as he was getting dragged out, and said, "No, no." I don't know, but that and the movie is so it's it's so long, it's so oh, overstuffed. God, a lot of the acting choices are pretty questionable. Yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful looking movie, and it's cool how they do some of the things, but that it does not hold my interest. The no. only story I don't know if you remember the <laughs> best story in the in the movie, yeah, is Jim Broadbent's story of the old man, the old who man gets institutionalized, yes, yes. and how they have to and break how they out. have him, yeah, and the escape, the escape. It's 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 a really that's the best part of the movie. It really is. He a gets fantastic. put into like an old folks home or whatever. Right? He, gets into, he gets yep. He gets put into the old folks' home, and then they escape, and it's 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 really quite great. That's probably you know if we ever did Cloud Atlas, that's the scene of the movie. But that the problem is the problem is that that's, such that's a like, small. But part. that's like the smallest story in the movie. Yeah, it's like the the Korean stuff is the majority of the movie, and that's a big problem. And that's the most that's the least interesting to to Absolutely. me. So that's my problem with that movie. So I went and I and that that's not in this other Wachowski just just because they did a movie that I think is bad does not make the Wachowskis bad directors. I looked up information about this movie and they basically said, I wanted to have a quote. I don't, I could probably pull it up, but they said something along the lines of, people will say this movie is bad, but just because they don't understand something doesn't mean that it's bad. So they're basically saying, if you don't like this movie, then it's because you didn't get it. It's because you just don't get it. And they don't say say that, but that's the vibe I got from their comments. To me, it sounds like they're saying it without saying it. Yeah, how it sounds. Because if you say that out loud, that's going to completely divide people. That was a really big turnoff for me for them as directors because yes. it's a you, pretentious you thing can, to say. You can make a movie. Yes. And honestly, we're seeing a lot of this with the movie Don't Look Up right now. Mm-hmm. You can have a movie that has a beautiful message right. in it, and people can have complaints and problems with the movie. Yeah. Like, I I mean, what, what's well, I, my I, famous quote that I said was something along the line of like, and look, I'm going to be a little vulgar here. Please. I think it was, wasn't it something like, it's not that he didn't get your movie, it's that it's a movie. Yes, that's exactly what you said. It is a movie i mean there's no doubt about it i mean it's not a great movie i i don't know i think maybe there was this weird thing with jupiter ascending and this or something like maybe they just had two back-to-back not great there's movies. a couple they they, they tried like they it, were yeah. trying to maybe say like like just because you guys don't get it and it's just like maybe they're frustrated that people just aren't responding to these movies but to be fair i just don't think they're great movies and no. i think jupiter ascending was a few years after but regardless it was, yeah. regardless it still feels like 
the take they have is if you don't get our films, you just don't get it. And it's a pretentious thing yeah. to say. If you think these movies are bad, you it's because you didn't understand them. Right. And that's I went I kind of because of that, I went into these into the Matrix movies heated. But that's why I wanted to talk about so much about the resurrections and Lana Wachowski in Resurrections right. and where she was in her life because for the first time after watching Clan Atlas, after watching Speed Racer, uh like I did before, after watching these three Matrix movies, the first three Matrix movies, for the first time I finally mm-hmm. went, I can appreciate and relate to what she is saying in this film. Yes. And that's what it finally connected to me because she did it and she did it in a manner that some people may think is pretentious. You know, people said they didn't like the Warner Brothers coming because it was too on the nose or it was obnoxious. Right. But I understood, I felt like I was finally on the same page as this director. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only one of them. Right. But I felt like I was on the same page with this director finally that I actually understood it. If we did this retrospective episode after Revolutions, this rant that I'm going on right now yeah. is way more heated. Yes. And way more yes. uh, 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 extended. Yes. Right? I, I built up. I was ready to go. Yeah. You were revved up. And I think I, I texted you and I was like, I just, I don't feel it right now because I, I actually appreciate her as a director yeah. and, and have and when, have calmed down on it. And you're like, do you not want to do it anymore? I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to do it. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't care if you wanted to do it or not. It wasn't like a question of that. You know, I wouldn't have cared if you did it either way. But like, I will say before we did the first movie, we can say this now because we're in the retrospective. There was a worry for me <laughs> that you were going to go off on the Wachowskis oh. in like the first Matrix yeah, episode. And you mentioned this in the and episode. I, I mentioned it, you know, I was like, I think we need to finish all the movies before we really render a verdict yeah. on this. Before we really, like, say what these people are as directors, we should just watch all the movies. And yeah. I'm glad we did, because when we watched Resurrections and we saw what uh, Lena Wachowski did and how incredible that movie is that she crafted, it softened the blow for me. And yeah. I was like, okay, she knows what she's doing, and this is great. This is a great movie. Yeah. And it's one of, I think right now, outside of The Matrix, it's definitely one of my favorite Wachowski films films yeah so good honor we've gone after some directors and we've we've said some <laughs> things uh but he deserves it but i want to just establish that these directors will make any movie 10 times better than what we could do right oh, i'm not trying to sit absolutely. here and be like oh they suck we could do so much better i'm not trying to sit here and shit on these directors and act like these directors are bad right they might make a movie that i don't love okay. i don't love salvation yes therefore you know we kind of went after mcg and right, and right. and some of the ways that he handled situations at the time we don't know what he's like now as a director right maybe he's matured that was over 10 years ago so maybe he has matured from that right you know i'm not going to sit here and act like i know better than these directors do right. i don't whether it's mcg whether it's james cameron whether it's wachowskis or right. anybody right look we are a place of positivity we try we, to be. we try to be positive we are critical though it we're not going to sit here and say everything's great and everybody did a great job. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that's a fair but, but, assessment. Yeah, but I do. I just want to say that, yes, I did have problems with the way that the Wachowskis handled some of the movies, some of their comments, and maybe that's why they don't really do comments because we've learned that they don't really like to do interviews and stuff. Yeah, they're very private people. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's fair, and that's all they need to do. Right. But I don't like this idea of, because again, we're seeing this with 
don't look up, right. that just because I didn't love your movie doesn't mean I didn't get it. And you can still have a valuable and important message in your movie yeah. that I did not love the movie. I'm looking at this as a movie. I'm looking at these as movies. That's the same way when I watch biopics. Sure. You know, uh, we probably won't touch on any of those because there's not really biopic franchises. Right. But uh, there are people who are like, well, I hated this biopic because it's nothing like what they did in real life. Sure. I understand that. But is the movie good? Right. Is the movie well made? is right. the movie entertaining and there's a lot to unpack there because even like you're saying with you referenced uh, don't look up a bit and while i did find more enjoyment out of the movie than you did i completely understand the criticisms of it oh, yeah. i understand you know a, a big thing i've seen is that you and know, i didn't hate that movie i liked no, that movie. no no and i i liked it too i liked it but i totally understand the criticisms of the movie feeling kind of smug you know i get it i'm like no i i can see that and this kind of goes into adam mckay a little bit obviously which yeah. you know is its own thing but like it has a smugness to it it has this i'm better than you feel yeah. to it and i totally understand that and i think we're seeing that more from some artists down the line now like i also back uh earlier this month i told you i watched an episode of that show santa inc yeah that stars seth rogan and sarah silverman and is that seth rogan he's santa he's santa i didn't know that when the show came out it bombed nobody liked the show i could barely get through the first episode i just i thought it was like really poorly written the jokes aren't good it's it's kind of just just drug humor and sex humor for the sake of it. And Seth Rogen came out and basically said that, you know, if you don't like the show, you're like, I think the word he, I think he said, you're like, you're like an alt-right guy or something like that. And again, again, this is getting into politics, which we try to avoid, but like a comment like that is very divisive to a lot of people. And from what I can gather, the general consensus of that show is that it's just not a good show and it's poorly written and it's poorly performed. Your art. For you to come out, for for someone attached the show to come out and say if you didn't get this that means you're just like into the you're a conservative alt-right whatever 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 it's a very divisive comment yeah. to a lot of people I get where that frustration comes from from people yeah. but to hear somebody say something like that is just kind of like no man like yeah. your show's bad it's, yeah. it's as simple as that well, your show is just bad but a, anyway that's my no, no no I understand why people are defensive artists are defensive of their art of course they are you of should course be they that's are. fine but if somebody doesn't like your product, whether it's that show, whether it's the Wachowskis, whether it's whatever, yeah. whether it's Anna McKay, Adam Seth Rogen, or the Wachowskis, right, right. it doesn't mean that they don't get it. It doesn't mean that they, that they have these views or that they're stupid or whatever. Right. They don't like it. Like I said, like I did not like your movie I, because I thought it was bad. Right. I, did, it's not, I completely understood what you're saying about the movie. Right. I got it 20 minutes in. Right. And I appreciate that message. And I appreciate what Don't Look Up is saying. I, right. you know, I haven't seen the Santa show, but I'm sure that there's stuff in there that I understand why Seth Rogen feels the way he does about that Santa show. But just because the show doesn't work doesn't mean the message isn't important or the message isn't meaningful. You know, your product itself, I don't like. And if you don't like something, not everybody's going to like something. If you don't like something, that's fine. I don't believe in trying to put down somebody like, again, we crack jokes. Right. But that's why I take these moments to say we are kidding. Right. Right. I'm not mad at McG because he made a bad Terminator movie. Absolutely. They try to make something that everybody loves and they get defensive over. But you have to accept that not every piece of art Art that you're going to make is going to hit everybody the same way. Yeah. It's not. It's just it's so rare when a piece of art comes out and it's just generally loved by everybody. The Wachowski's Clown Atlas is generally. It it really is. is. And we're just we're part of a sect of people that just didn't really enjoy the movie. But also, you know, we loved Resurrection. So it's kind of like you, you can know, like different. You things. can like different yeah. things. I mean, Resurrections worked for us, You're, and as we're seeing the general consensus, there is a fan base that do not like Resurrections yeah. that hate this movie. But we're 
part of this group that's like, no, this is a great movie, but there yeah. are people who disagree. There's no director, writer, actor that has a completely everything they Positive do is, is great. Everything yeah. is great. To succeed in this industry, yeah. you have to play ball a certain way. Absolutely. And you and you take things that aren't uh, the best. Yeah. You know, and the Wachowskis have found a way to be successful but be unique and do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, which is, is great. And I think that helps it very early on in their career. They created something like The Matrix. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I, again, I did an entire Tom Hanks rewatch. I did not love everything on there. There's some stinkers But am I going to say to Tom Hanks, is, oh my God, Tom Hanks is a terrible actor no. because I didn't like Clan Atlas? I'm not going to say that. No, no way. Because when you would look at Tom Hanks, you go, oh, yeah, so he made some questionable choices maybe early in his career and maybe later in his career. But I implore you to find anybody who had a filmography from those nine years yeah. where it was like hit after hit. It's like 92 it was like 90, to 2001 or something? To 91, 92 to 2001. I mean, like, it's an incredible run of movies. And you're not going to find anybody else with that kind of yeah. filmography, yeah. With, with that kind of, like, strength in their filmography. Yeah. You so do things... It's like sometimes you do things that are right, and then other times you're just... You're not really doing things that are right, right? They, that feel off. And it's it's okay. Like, it's okay to have a... Pro- I'm sure it does suck as an artist. And, and especially, like, Seth Rogen, who gets a lot of claim. And people yeah. really like Seth Rogen. Yeah. Apparently John doesn't, but people who yeah, really yeah. like... I don't know if that made it in the episode, but people really like Seth Rogen. He's yeah. a very popular person. So something he does does not do well, and he... He gets defensive. He gets defensive. Yeah. Now I understand that, but, but maybe, basically what I'm trying to say is just because somebody doesn't like something, like the Wachowskis claim, like, oh, they don't like the, they don't like the movie because they didn't get it. They, right. They don't like it because they don't like it. And and I think that's completely fair. Yeah. Yelling out terrible comments at people who don't like your thing, mm-hmm. who don't like your piece of art, is not the way to respond. But also... To, to people not to people just not liking it. The same thing, though, as fans, uh-huh. it is not our right to yell at somebody who made a piece of art that we did not like and say, oh my god, you're trash, you suck, and get personal and take attacks on them. Right. No. It's not okay. I no. mean, we talk a lot about like toxic fandom, and and, yeah. and and we're going to touch on franchises that have movies that people really don't like. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> and they get really upset and yep. take it personal, like Ryan Johnson walked in your house and sh- on your bed. (laughs) Stop it, Ryan. I understand not liking something and I don't even mind being vocal and saying, hey, I did not like that. My opinion is I did not like that. We we said I did not like Terminator Salvation. We made fun of Terminator Salvation, the movie, because right. the movie is bad. Right. I'm again, I'm not going to take shots and say, McGee, you are a bad person. McGee, you're ugly. McGee, you're stupid. McGee, you're whatever. Sure. I can say, hey, McGee, as a director on this film, I don't think you captured this rightly. I don't think you stepped up when you needed to step up. And I think you had some failings in that way. Yeah. But I'm not going after McGee or his family or anything like that or his personal and, and, life yeah, yeah and people do that I mean Kelly right. Marie Tran had to delete her Instagram right. and social media presence because people didn't like a Star Wars movie that's not okay it's not that's toxic fandom yeah and that's something we're gonna obviously get into that, as yeah. we keep going but, but just like, because but like I think it's a good thing to bring up now that we are gonna get to those movies yeah. you know because as, as you know we see it in Star Wars I feel like right now the MCU is pretty clear but it's I, starting to get backlash I now. feel like we're going to get there it's with starting the MCU. To, people we're going to get there 
people are saying you should have never went past Endgame. Yeah, we're 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 gonna get there. Yeah, I just because we were saying about being defensive as an artist, I wanted to also mention about being defensive as a fan, right? And throw back on those as well. And I'll take this for just five seconds because we we've had this conversation on Terminator Dark Fate. I do not want to get into it really here, but I do want to mention I have not actually seen a lot of the comments himself, but apparently when Mm -hmm. this movie first released, there was a lot of people, or at least a subsection. I think it's a pretty minority, vocal minority of people who tried to claim, oh my God, the Matrix Resurrections made the Matrix woke. Where have you been? Because this franchise has always, always, was woke before woke was a thing. Right. This franchise has always touched on these things. It's directed by two trans women. They would go on to become trans. They were not trans at the time. They had not transitioned yet. No. They would go on to transition later. Yes. So, but very clearly, like we said, there's, and like you can look at the Matrix as an allegory for trans. You can look at, there's, it's always been diverse. It's always been unique. It's always stood out in those decisions. Right. And what they were trying to put an androgynous character right. in the first movie. Yeah. In 1999. Yeah. Which is insane. And, so, you know, you have people online just screaming, it's woke now, it's woke. More like Matrix woke erections. Wait, I was so is, proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you don't like the movie, that's fine. But to say this movie is bad because it's woke, I don't get that. Man. Yeah, I don't the, get the that. whole the woke argument to me just gets on my nerves because it's so. like it's not. But it anyway. is what it is, and I, I I didn't mean to go on a tangent. No, but, no, no. But that's, I I think this rant was necessary. Yeah, I think it's important. Be, and again, because I I just I want to establish because I know that we go after certain things on this podcast, and Absolutely. we we're going to make fun of movies, and we're going to crack jokes about James Cameron or the Wachowskis yeah. or whoever, yeah. because that's what we do. That's that's, our, that's, the, that's the show. That's what we do, yeah. Uh, our job, yeah. I wish it's our but that, job. That's this show, right? We have fun, but we're not sitting here and saying, "Oh my God, James Cameron, so bad. I wish somebody would kill him or whatever." You know what I mean? Like we're not saying anything no. like that. No. And sometimes people take these things too far. Yeah. So let's just play nice, kids. Let's, let's, let's just play, play nice, nice. okay? So. Let's play nice. Leave James Cameron alive. I want to see Avatar two, three, four, five, six, seven. I want to see the whole thing. <laughs> well, let's go into some final fun. Let's do it. So I have mentioned uh, before uh, on the first episode that this franchise or that this series has kind of seen some legal claims against it about uh, some plagiarism. It it has received a few lawsuits over the years. In April 2003, Sophia Stewart filed a legal complaint claiming that the idea of The Matrix, as well as the original Terminator, so we can tie it in a little bit, were plagiarized from her own film treatment called The Third Eye. Of course. The court allowed the lawsuit to move forward in 2005, but Sophia Stewart failed to to attend the hearing. Uh, the case was eventually dismissed by the judge, stating that Stewart and her attorneys had not entered any evidence to bolster its key claims or demonstrated any striking similarity between her work and the accused director's films. Despite the ruling, there is a longtime internet rumor that Stewart actually won the lawsuit and was awarded $2.5 billion, wow. which is very far from the actual truth. She right. didn't get any money from Right, right, right. Stewart claimed that she answered an ad in a magazine in 1986 from the Wachowskis that were seeking science fiction stories to be made into a comic book so she submitted her story The Third Eye and never heard back or received her manuscript back. Hmm. If her claims to be were to be true then Lana Wachowski at the time would be 21 years old wow. and Lily Wachowski would be 18. Huh. So Why were they running a contest? Like, it just look, doesn't I'm, make sense. I don't see how these kids would be successful enough to have this contest at right. that time at those ages. Maybe they were. And, but she can't specify what magazine it was. Right. So I don't know man. Like it, It's all a little shady. It is. Yeah. On her... Um, 
uh, website. She does have a website. Oh, it's, boy. Uh, she refers to herself as the mother of the Matrix. How bold. And has <laughs> pictures of copyright documents proving her claims. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, it's a, her saying, like, you know, I made the Matrix, I made Terminator, and there's pictures of the Terminator and the Matrix all over her website. And so I just, uh, I don't know, man. Look, you know, it sounds like she's living in a fantasy world much like the Matrix. So good for her. <laughs> uh, in 2013, a lawsuit was filed by Thomas Althaus claiming that the idea for the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions came from his screenplay called The Immortal. In a summary judgment for the defendants, the judge stated the basic premises of Ma- the Matrix trilogy and the Immortals are so different that it would be unreasonable to find their plots substantially similar. Some people, you know, I think write something and then claim they stole it just seeking some sort of monetary, re- yeah. you know, value for the. And it's upsetting, but it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, people are always suing each other going, you stole my story. And 99.9% of the time, it's untrue. Well, thankfully, because of this podcast, when they make the Terminator HBO Max series yeah. and they make the next action hero, I'm going to be suing. So, <laughs> next action hero. See, so, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. Uh, let's talk about the franchise overall. So, what, what are your overall opinions on this series? For me, it really was a experience of movies that, like, I was not ready for this experience. I understand why these movies are loved. I get it. After finally coming around to it, I really understand it. That first movie, I feel that legacy, you know? I think it's incredible what was accomplished creatively, visually, writing-wise. Like, it's just a fascinating fascinating story next two movies there's a dip there's a dip in quality for sure and you feel that but i think it really crescendos again with resurrections yeah but like overall i think it's a fairly good franchise i don't think it's the best one we've seen no but by any means we're gonna have that conversation but i do but i do think it is a fairly good franchise with some you know with some good movies here and there yeah Um, oh i i think it has uh two really great movies one really really great movie yes Um, Uh, really really love that Uh, it's an entertaining franchise it has some interesting questions about life reality as well as some creative and unique action sequences I think it finds itself too wrapped up sometimes in its own like thinking its own beliefs and it kind of loses itself a little bit again it is maybe the patting yourself on the back a little bit as as you're writing this going Mm -hmm. oh this is so smart you know I I can't believe I was look what I did yeah look what I did I can't believe I did this and that's fine that's fine but just that's not for me it is a very interesting franchise and I liked the second and third movie not as much as you guys did uh, you I think were a little cooler on it John really liked them it, it's hard because it's only four movies yes and and we're not ranking yet but we're going to be ranking this franchise soon and it's hard because it is a shorter franchise right so how do you compare this to the other movies? So it, it, sure. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there, but it we'll is interesting. There. So did this need to be a franchise? Interesting question. Very interesting because question. Because like we said, you like could have stopped said, this at you one. You could have stopped it at one, but they went ahead and made Reloaded and Revolutions. To a degree, I think yes, now that we're four films in. But part of me is like, how great would it have been if they did The Matrix and then years later did Matrix Resurrections? Yeah. That would have been an incredible like It, it thing, wouldn't have fit again because like if they made the movies exactly well, the same, but... Exactly, exactly. It would have been different, but like... It would have been kind of cool to see a sequel that later, but I guess you can say it does need to be a franchise just for what they do, but I kind of feel like an argument can be made that they could have just stopped at one. Yeah, because all the important things that it really accomplished are done in the first right, movie. Right. It's not even like T2 or T2 establishes like what a 90s action movie would be. Exactly. The second and third one, I think, are good movies, but they're more like kind of get lost in the shuffle of the mid of the early yeah. to mid-2000s. Right, so, right. I don't know. I agree. Like I said, the first movie minus the last few minutes... Could 
could stand on its own. But the idea of expanding on this world and learning more about how it works is interesting. The last movie left me rejuvenated and wanting more. So Absolutely. because of the last movie, I would say yes. But it, it is an interesting question. Let's talk about highest and lowest movies of the franchise. Moments. Or moments. <laughs> Let's talk about highest and lowest moments of the franchise. What are some of your high moments? High moments. Uh, John said this earlier, but anything Carrie Ann Moss. Anything Carrie Ann I think Ann he Moss. said anything Hugo Weaving. Well, I'm going to say anything Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, I think that's that's a high. You're right. He did say Hugo Weaving. I, I'm going to agree with that, actually. I do, because I think Hugo Weaving in those three films is really incredible. I think those are highs. I think the first movie is a high, mm-hmm. just for what it accomplishes in that space it has. Yep. Resurrections is a high. Mm-hmm. For us, mm-hmm. Resurrections mm-hmm. is a high. It's an incredible sequel. For a fourth film, it's a pretty incredible sequel. Very well done. Very well shot. You know, it, it, it pains me, because I want to say Lawrence Fishburne, but he's really only a high in the first in the one movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, he's a high in that first movie. So I'm going to say Lawrence Fishburne in the first movie. Yeah. But I think that kind of gets wrapped up in maybe the first you could movie. say Morpheus, in Morpheus, general, because you get the Morpheus yeah. in the Resurrection. Maybe Morpheus is a high. Um, um, I I do have Lawrence Fishburne. He's actually the first one I wrote just because of that performance in the first movie. Yes, but Carrie Ann Moss, high, very high, yes. like anything with her on yes. screen. Yes, especially in Resurrections. Uh, the fight sequences, bullet time, as a high. Yes, the special effects. Keanu Reeves is a high. He is a high. Uh, the red pill slash blue pill scene of the original movie. So right. selecting the pills. The blue pill montage in Resurrections. That's right. very much a high. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I put a knuckle up in Revolutions. That's a high. Knuckle up is great. Uh, the highway fight in Reloaded is a high. The dojo fight scene in the first film, as well as Hugo Weaving and the character of Smith, are all highs nice. for me. Let's talk about lows. I'm just going to start because John didn't agree, <laughs> but it's the rave sex scene. It, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, that's the low. It's that's the, the rave low. sex scene. I, I agree with you. It's that rave sex scene. It is a low. I think, honestly, an argument can be made that maybe Reloaded Revolutions are lows in themselves. Yeah. When you compare them now against the first movie and Resurrections, I agree with you. It makes me think lesser of those movies. And I'm kind of like, I think these are kind of lows. When I look at Resurrections, I'm like, look what it could have been. Yeah. You know, not that movie exactly, but look what they could have tried to do if they did that back in 2003. You know, that's that's a little upsetting. So I kind of think they're lows. Um, Uh, Well, I have. Have what else do you have? Morpheus being pushed to the side. Yes. Morpheus being basically sidelined for Reloaded and more so in Revolutions is very upsetting yep. considering how big of a role that character plays in the yep. first movie. Hugely upsetting. And the over-reliance on the Jesus allegory near the end of the original trilogy. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's pretty heavy-handed. They they don't... When they lift they his don't body shy, up, They don't shy yeah. away from it. Yeah. When they lift his body up and it's, it is the cru- crucifixion pose, it's like, yeah. okay, you're... It's a little too much. They're not shying away from it. They're like, hey, check it out. I think I agree with your lows. Yeah. I don't have much else. How about, uh, I think I know your answer and I think it might be the same as mine. How about best quotes? You think it might be the same? I think we're different actually. What's yours? I know Kung Fu. Okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. I think that's a great quote, but I'm I'm just going to say, man, for whatever reason, I just loved this quote. I love Morpheus saying time to fly. That's that's a great quote. I don't know what it is about him delivering that line, but there's just something about that moment when he holds out that red pill, the way it's Shot. Yeah, the no, way it's, the it's a great position. It's a great he's shot. Holding that red yeah. pill and he just goes, "Time to fly." Like I'm ready. You know what yeah. I mean? Like send me back. That's the standout moment for his version of That's Morpheus. That's the standout yeah. for his version, and for me, it's 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 a best quote. All right, this might be a little bit of an argument. Who is the standout performer in the franchise? We know John's answer. John answered Hugo Weaving. Okay, no, I'm I'm going to make an argument for Carrie Ann Moss. Absolutely. No, I'm going to make an argument for Carrie Ann Moss. We'll Absolutely. get there. But here's my honorable mentions: Keanu Reeves, Hugo Weaving. John obviously stands by that. Jada Pinkett Smith with Lawrence Fishburne 
being the second choice for that movie yeah. just because that the first movie like I would go with him in my second place because that his performance in the first movie is so strong it is so legendary yeah but the answer because mostly because of the the performance in the last movie putting her over it is Carrie Ann Moss it's Carrie Ann and, Moss and, and to touch on John Hugo Weaving I understand that I, I don't think that he is given enough to do necessarily agree in the film to have this spot he doesn't have like emotional moments he's not supposed to he's not supposed to yes but Carrie Ann Moss and she if the resurrection was not happening I'd probably be on the Hugo Weaving train or the Lawrence Fishburne train right. because of what she's able to do in resurrections and when she I mean and that's probably that's probably my favorite quote actually when she is, is walking Tiffany with the husband quote. and he says <laughs> Tiffany Tiffany yeah. and she just says don't call me yeah. Tiffany yes my name is Trinity yes oh my it's god it's a great moment and you're right I mean she is the standout like Resurrections put her over for me yeah because I will say I enjoy her every movie even oh, though yeah, yeah, yeah. even though the, the first movie she doesn't have a lot to do really and they really start to use her more in Reloaded and Revolutions and she's great in those movies but to come to this film Resurrections and like you're saying to see what she does in this role the like, smaller role the like smaller you mentioned role, yeah. the smaller role supporting role I mean it, it re- really I can't re- I think I said it uh, last week but it is a tour de force performance it from is. her and it's unbelievable to watch and she just it puts her over as the performer of the series and again I feel like Keanu's great of course like of course he's a stand but everyone's everyone likes Keanu we all know that yeah. but like Keanu and, and being does, Keanu does, is a standout yes Nate. and it does pain me to not say Lawrence Fishburne but because he gets so underutilized yeah, in those you're other right. two movies and he's not even in the fourth movie it's kind of like you can't really say he is the I mean he's in the performer. fourth movie a lot but he's, he's not officially in the movie, archive <laughs> footage you know it's, he's not doing I, anything I, new I know I'm kidding yeah. don't rile me up no but to get to watch his performance in that first one it's unbelievable yeah it's an unbelievable performance and i think we gave him props that episode yeah so you know i'm on the carrie and moss train with this yeah one. absolutely I, i'm glad you agree with me because i who do i walk out of this movie going i need to see more of their movies it's carrie and moss it's carrie and moss it's carrie and moss yeah. so what is the legacy of the franchise and, and this is interesting because i think we have a different legacy this is gonna have a different legacy to us sure. than it does in the world i think i, th- I think in the world yeah the legacy is... The religion. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The leg- legacy of this film is a really innovative first movie with disappointing sequels. Absolutely. I think that's the legacy that will surround this franchise generally. Yes. That's not my legacy necessarily. I think it's a series of interesting movies that show off creative action sequences and special effects and set the tone for what action movies could be in the 2000s. Yeah. Not that they necessarily are, they don't what they reach could that height. Be. Yeah, yeah, they don't reach that height. I agree with you. I think the legacy is a very strong first film followed by two kind of disappointing sequels and then a spectacular fourth sequel that just really nails it. But it's upsetting to kind of look at it because a lot of people are going to consider the fourth film bad as well while we look at it differently. But I think the legacy is also how it pushed creativity in a specific Mm -hmm. way and how it pushed, again, we talk about this all the time, but having the diversity it did in 1999, which was extensive and was before the first Fast movie. And we talked about it in that movie. This predates it and it's like diversity in that movie is over the top yeah. so it's it's fantastic to see that I think it's really the legacy of creativity that people will remember this for yeah I like the legacy of creativity yeah You're I think that's right. what it is yeah and I think this inspired people to try to be more creative and without this I wonder like how like this movie was almost like an indie blockbuster movie almost sure like yeah it, it, did, it was only it only cost 63 million dollars and for the time I'm sure that that's a decent amount of money right. but compared to what now and what they did for mm-hmm. 63 million dollars or whatever 
whatever it was, is really impressive. Right. So I, it kind of shows what what smaller uh, directors and, and kind of artists can do. Yeah. I mean, if we don't, and you know, we probably would, I guess, but just because of how talented he is. But like, if we didn't have the Wachowskis, would somebody like Denis Villeneuve be as successful as he is, or be given the chances that he's yeah. given? Because yeah. he's a director. He does seem to to me very much like them, where he is very artistic with what yes. he handles, and yes. he handles big movies. Dune yeah. was a big movie, had a huge Dune budget. Was probably the biggest budget he ever had. But it is, I mean, I haven't seen it, too much sand, but <laughs> it, it is this, you know, artistic movie, is very, it not? Yeah. It's a very artistic movie. It's very introspective, which is a word we always bring up with him. He does remind you a lot of the Wachowskis yeah. in that sense that he pushes creativity to new levels. Yeah. And you can so, kind of see that more and more. And it, I think that legacy of those original three Matrix movies is kind of what bred some of these new directors that's that I we think. see now. Yeah, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but... No, I mean, that's our... We're, look, we're, we're putting our takes out there. Yeah. That's our take. How about franchise stars? So every week we pick a, a franchise star to throw into these movies. Our answers so far have consisted of Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel Washington, Michael Caine, Ian McKellen, Chris Cooper, Ian McShane, Sandra Bullock, Robert Downey Jr., Ewan McGregor, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion, Carl Urban, Ray Fiennes, Willem Dafoe, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Are the names of the people we have considered or talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Who are you picking? I'm sticking with Willem Dafoe. I, I don't know why he hasn't been in these movies yet. He's great. Because yeah. he's, he, I mean, he's just one of those actors that, I don't want to say he's like weird or odd, but he is. He's kind of an odd, eccentric guy, and he fits in this universe perfectly. Mm-hmm. I say just get some Willem Dafoe in here, and I think this takes off. Yeah. Uh, even more so. People go see it because Willem Dafoe is in it. I agree. Uh, I think I'm going to pick, I'm going to stick with my pick, uh, Chris Cooper. I'm going to pick Chris That's Cooper. That's a great I think, one, yeah. I think they're very much, they kind of... I think are kind of similar in a way almost like they, they there's a connection there yeah you kind, kind of, feel of they're both that vi- they can be I mean, villains there is a connection because they both played Norman they Osborn they both played Norman Osborn <laughs> now now let's well, the played him in a much more he, significant manner yes and it was probably the better performance oh, of the yeah. two well, I mean, but, Chris Cooper's barely in that movie yeah Chris Cooper's but. literally dying in that movie so it's great to see um, you're right though yeah there is that connection they both kind of have a tendency to play villainous characters yeah. and they're both very good at it yeah so I, I, I definitely see that connection yeah. so let's do a little bit of a word association this I have some my favorite part. I have some words here. I'm going to throw them out here. Give me your uh, uh, reaction okay. to these words. It could be a word. It could be a sentence or two. Okay. It doesn't okay. have to be one okay. word. The Wachowskis. Creative. Keanu Reeves. I know Kung Fu. A blue pill. Fake. Red pill. Truth. Trinity. Incredible. Smith. Evil. Bullet time. Slow-mo. And Morpheus. Sidelined. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say sidelined. I knew you were going to say sidelined. Uh, um, I feel bad saying that, but it's true. Well, that's going to take us into our film rankings. So we have four films. Let's rank these films. I think we're going to stand by what we did in the last episode. Yeah, I think we're just going to stand by Um, that and do that this time. So that'll be, uh, out of these four films, let's start at number four. Number four. Uh, The Matrix Reloaded. Number three. The Matrix Revolutions. Number two. The Matrix Resurrections. And number one. The Matrix. It hurts me not to put Resurrections at number one. I know. I, I know. knew it wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to fight it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> but but I think it's close. I think it's pretty close. No, it's a very it's very close. But I, I think we said it's, this on the Resurrections It's a legacy episode. thing. 
it's a legacy thing and when you look at that movie and you kind of see what it created and the creativity of it it just it stands above because we wouldn't have resurrections yeah. if it wasn't for that first matrix movie and, you're absolutely right you know that's my feeling on it so not only are we ranking films we are ranking franchises <laughs> this is going to be very interesting we haven't uh, spoken about no this. we have not unfortunately john is not here for this but i guess john hasn't seen the other franchises either i don't think all the way through yeah, so yeah. yeah i don't i he um, hasn't watched this them, is so. going to kind of come down to us because yeah. i feel like in john's opinion this is going to be this is number one he wants to put this number one that's uh, not where that goes this is not a, this is not a number one franchise <laughs> right so really it's this is a fight for number two i ha- have my choice and where i would put this i think i know where i would put this too all right well let's so see let's what, what, hear the rankings okay so what ready? do you think what was what do you think let's, let's before we rank them what my, do you think i think my number three goes to the matrix yeah and i yeah. think my number two is terminator yeah. and my number one is fast yeah because I, but let's give our reasonings for it so well here's you... my reasons you there's four films in the matrix franchise yeah you take four films in the terminator franchise uh-huh. i personally have the matrix at the first one at three and a half i think i think i'm gonna move it to four to four stars uh my personal ranking the the next two mm-hmm. reloaded revolutions three stars each and Resurre- resurrections for me four and a half stars yeah terminator terminator the first movie four stars the second movie, four and a half stars. Yeah. The third movie, I think I'd give it uh, three. Star three and a half. Three, three, three and, and a half. half somewhere. Um, the fourth one, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fifth one, three and a, uh, three stars. Or three, three and a half stars, whatever. But Dark Fate, four, four stars. stars yeah. Right? So, like, if I'm taking four movies out of the Terminator franchise, mm-hmm. so the Terminator... Terminator 2, uh, Dark, Fate. Dark Fate, and I guess Genesis, Genesis, my favorites of, you know, that series, yeah. and put them against the Matrix, yeah. Terminator wins. I also think that it's going to sound crazy, but not really. It's kind of like the Terminator did it first type situation. Yeah, it's because um, it's a lot of the while, same topics. I respect, I respect the hell out of that first Matrix movie and how incredible it is. There are two weak middle movies now yeah. that just aren't great. And as much as I enjoyed Resurrections, when I put these movies up against the Terminator stuff, I got more enjoyment out of the Terminator movies yeah. than I did the Matrix movies. Yeah. Again. And even though I really enjoyed the Matrix watch, and I, I understand that I can see that Terminator is probably the better franchise out of this. Yeah. Even though there was a lot of stops and starts I and think all of that stuff, Terminator there's has, some great stuff in there. Terminator has more problems than the Matrix there's franchise. There's more problems, yeah. Because like Salvation is not great. But I think that I do personally like the Terminators more than the Matrixes. And neither of them come that close to the fact Fast and Furious for me. No. You know, that that is, that is number one. I'm going to stay in number one. No, yeah. you're right. That's the difference. Neither Terminator nor Matrix. It doesn't touch fast. No. And um, I'm sure John's not happy about that. And John's that, not but... going to be happy. He's not going to be happy that he hears Matrix is the last one right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, But to be fair, there's going to be other franchises no, that are yeah. going to be lower than Matrix, for sure. This is not going to stay the last until right. we get... And we're we're, aim, we're out of the gate. We're going after big-named franchises. Yeah. We discussed, because this is a new show, we wanted to talk about the first, at least three, we wanted them mm-hmm. to be really big franchises. Right. So we went after three really big franchises. As we go into the smaller ones and things like, oh, American pie or leprechaun or mighty ducks like they're they're not gonna touch they're the matrix touch the matrix you know and they're gonna get on there you know yeah, what i mean they're gonna like, be down low yeah so it's kind of one of those things where you have to kind of you know while it sounds bad now we promise you as we keep going <laughs> you know and something there's going to be something that dethrones fast one day as well oh yeah absolutely for sure absolutely I mean, like let's be honest when we get to the mcu oh yeah Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to happen at some point within the MCU. Like, I think there's going to be, like, possibly even Star Wars. Like, there's Oh, there's, that, there's lots out there's there. There's a that lot out there it, that's but... going to top it. But for the three that we have chosen, that we started this show with, Fast is the best. 
Yeah. There's no doubt. It's funny they're just in the they're in the the order we did them in yeah, the order. Yeah, yeah, and that's how we. So, yeah. Oh well. Um. Well, we talk about next franchises. We are well, done. Everybody said goodbye to the Matrix. We are moving on. We have a new franchise, yes, and do. you know what? This uh, not when we recorded this, but when this episode releases, it's going to be approaching uh, a certain holiday. It's going to be approaching Valentine's Day. It sure is right around the corner. I think it's actually I think it's next week. But we decided, you know, let's do something a little, you know, a little bit different. You know, we well, vastly different. <laughs> we're coming <laughs> off of a. Uh, Three big, in-your-face action franchises. High-octane action franchises. And we're going to go smaller. We're going to go into, in the honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to go into something a little bit romantic. Yeah. Some romance. We're um, going to make a major change here and do absolutely. something different. Much smaller. And and to to be completely honest with you, it is a franchise by our definition. It's a trilogy. It is a trilogy. Yeah, that's it, our definition. It's not much of a franchise. And and that is going to be a conversation well, that we talk about. Yeah, it, it's I a mean, franchise by definition because we're going to do it. But... Right. but it is not on the same level of Fast and Furious or Terminator or Matrix where you're going to sure. go to the store and buy a shirt based off of it. Sure. Or, or yeah, sure, sure. Funko Pops right, or whatever. Right. I mean, I agree I agree with that. But I think for our definition of what a franchise is, this checks the box. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what sure. we're doing? So we will be doing the Before Trilogy. Yes. Richard Linklater's The Before Trilogy. This is Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Yes. These are the three movies that make up that franchise. Starring the great... Um, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, I believe is her name. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. So it'll be interesting. This is much smaller. It's actually going to give us a little bit of a, a chance to actually review like movies movie, and not yeah. just be like, <laughs> yeah, Arnold had a shotgun and a teddy bear and it was so cool. Yeah, like, we're, we're kind of actually, this is going to be good for us because it's going to challenge us to look at, uh, you know, some different movies and review yeah. something vastly different yeah. from a high octane. When we started this thing, this podcast, we said we don't want to just do the action franchise. Of course. We want to do everything. We want to do the romances, the comedies, animation, whatever it is. We're going to do all of them. And we figured after starting with three crazy action uh, franchises, we're like, let's pull it back now and do one of the, and, and actually stick to that and do yeah. something different. So we decided on this, on the Before Trilogy. And I think it's going to be a really fun ride. I'm yeah. really enjoying I'm I'm really excited to do them. I haven't seen these movies. I don't know about you. I've never nope. seen these movies. Nope. I hear a lot about them. Um, I know a lot of people say the first and second movie even are like classics are just incredible mm. films I'm really excited for it I mean I love Ethan Hawke so yeah. I'm in I know Tony's <laughs> a big fan of these movies yeah, yeah. So oh is he oh, he's, he's nice. actually finally a franchise that he's excited for us to talk about oh my god he's thrilled isn't he <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, and something I'm not really familiar with. Uh, it is different. You know, don't expect a lot of casting or fun facts around right. these movies. Right. These movies, like, we'll get there when we get there next week, but these movies are basically two people having a conversation from what yep. I understand the entire movie. It's going to so challenge us. It's going to be more artistic and it's going to challenge us, but... We talked about it, and look, we're in winter now, and like I said, obviously Valentine's Day, but mm-hmm. because it's winter, right, and things are kind of you know slowing down a little bit, yeah, you know, for it's, sure. it's New Year, yeah, we're picking yeah, things yeah. up, and um, thought for the winter, uh, you know, and I'm not giving anything away, but we, the the next couple of things we're going to be doing are going to be a little bit smaller, still franchises, still some franchises. Some, some popular, very popular, some this, very popular. And this is this, and the Before Trilogy is very popular among yes. its audience. Yes. It's just not to a general like people have told me, like or have asked me, what. Are you doing after Matrix and I've told them in my own personal life and I don't know what that is. So you're gonna find out. 
<laughs> but going forward, there, there's going to be some smaller things. And I think we've talked about it. I think when we get to the summer, we'll probably go back into, go back into some type of big blockbuster. Yeah. We, we don't know. We're not that prepared. We're, we're not. We, but, only, we, but, uh, we prepare to a certain degree. Yeah. And then we don't think that far ahead. Until it starts getting closer, then yeah. we plan out the next three. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we basically have the next three plans. Oh, it's going to take us into like May. So we're, it's, we're it's set. It's going to take us into May. But like right at that time, it's going to be perfect because we'll be able to start a summer blockbuster yeah. franchise. And yeah. we don't know what that's going to be yet. But right now, we're going to be taking the journey down the Before Trilogy. And exactly. that's going to be exciting. Exactly. I'm, ex- I'm excited for this. It, it's going to be completely different. It's and probably going to be chill. It, yeah, it's not <laughs> going to be us screaming and yeah. yelling and, and, and everything like that. So it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be fun because, look, we mentioned it again. Here's some pulling back that curtain. Yeah. This came out of us getting on Zoom every every weekend yeah. and having a conversation about movies. Yes. And just picking a random movie and talking about it, whether it was a big movie or a small movie. New movie, or old movie. Whatever. And just talking about movies. Yeah. And this is very much like I'm prepared for that vibe. Like yes. just let's have a conversation. Let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. What worked, what didn't work. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a good time. So yeah. it's going to be fun. It's I'm be excited different. for it. Yeah. You know, maybe people will finally look at this, you know, the people that are looking at us <laughs> uh, and will finally look at this and be like, oh, they're not just the action movie people. Maybe you know? they'll actually take us seriously. Mom. You got some issues. I just want to watch the before trilogy. Um, but do you have any final thoughts about this franchise before Look, we... Um, I guess as far as final thoughts go, I'm really, really glad we did this franchise because we had another one we were thinking of doing. Yes, and we'll talk it, on that later. And we'll yeah. talk on that another time when we get there. But we had another one we were thinking of doing, but it just so happened that Resurrections was coming out yeah. and would literally link up perfectly with the watch. Yeah. So we said, let's do it. And I'm really glad we did it. And I, credit to John. That was John's John. idea. Yeah, yeah, that was John's idea credit to john i'm really glad we did it because we got to watch two fantastic movies one of them kind of this legacy movie and another one being one of the best sequels i've seen in a long time fresh take on a franchise fresh take on a franchise and yeah the middle's a little soggy little wet in the middle there it's a little soggy but, but they're, they're fun they're not bad fun. yeah they're not terrible movies they're watchable films and i got a lot out of this like i said i got a lot out of this franchise and you'll hear it over or i'm sure you've heard it over the episodes i personally got a lot out of it and i really enjoyed it and i'm glad we did it and if you haven't seen these for whatever reason if you're like ryan and i and you haven't seen these movies yet in your life i absolutely implore you to go out and watch them absolutely um because they're they're worth it they're worth your time yeah i mean like i went into this like i said this franchise was not made for me but i ended up getting a lot more enjoyment out of it than i thought i would yes especially i cannot talk enough about that last movie resurrections yes i love resurrections yes oh and we didn't even do that let's do that real quick we talk about ranking the movie like the films the franchises let's rank the top movies in each of our franchises yes. so this was a fun idea I, I love this so so we have the top movie in fast and furious which is fast five so the top movie of the terminator is terminator 2 judgment and Day. the fat the top movie of the matrix is the matrix so we have fast five versus t2 versus the matrix what do you think? It's so wild because I almost think it's kind of what the franchises are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, like, as much as we loved T2, what Fast Five does. Oh, yeah. And we're big advocates yeah. for it. Like, go back and listen to our Fast Five episode. My God. Like, we are just giddy that entire we, episode. I have a feeling that, like, we, you jokingly, I think, kind of, like, one of the episodes mentioned like franchise me revisited and I'm not saying doing it anytime soon but right. if this continues for years I can absolutely see us going back oh, we'll and revisit. revisiting maybe not entire franchises but maybe like top movies in maybe each franchise, movies in the franchise and talking about uh, talking yeah. about uh, Fast Five again because 
we were still new to this. Like, yes. like I know we're, we are still new to this in general, but like that was our our fifth episode, yeah. and now we're uh, over twenty episodes in. Yep. That editing wise, sound wise, energy wise, knowledge wise, we're more comfortable. Comfortable, <laughs> comfortness wise, yes. we're more comfortable. We're in a different place, and, and I would like to one day touch on that again. Yeah. But we absolutely adored that movie, and that that's definitely staying number one. But we yeah. have Terminator Two versus The Matrix. I mean, I got to. I'm going with Terminator Two. I'm man. going with Terminator Two at number two. And then the Matrix at three, and, and um, I just it's it's Cameron versus Wachowski, and I gotta go Cameron. I know? gotta take Cameron. Like like T two is just it's so much fun. And if there wasn't a Fast Five here, T two would be my number one right now. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. It, that's how that I mean, it's such an entertaining movie. And, and I think the other thing is that T two sets the precedent for what the Matrix accomplishes later. I think that kind of sets the tone yeah. for yeah. what the Matrix is going to do. Yeah. That said, though, T two is just a wildly entertaining film all the round and has four incredible central performances. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's our ranking of that. But, uh, like, but like I said, I went into this franchise. And this wasn't for me, right? This, this, uh, I, I didn't think it was for me. I yeah. ended up really loving Resurrections. Yeah. And even if I chose my personal rankings, like mm-hmm. if I chose Resurrections, right? I mean, to be honest, as of right now, I actually might choose if I had to. So if I had to pick Resurrections over the, yeah. the next movies, the Fast Five and Terminator Two, I probably would actually put Resurrections over, over Terminator over yeah. Terminator Two. I figured. but because it's going into the Matrix and then I would not put right, it over right. I would Agreed. not but yeah I think that uh, this uh, is far from my favorite franchise there's a lot of like here and it even some to love the Resurrections the love that the Wachowskis specifically Lana has for these characters really shines through like I mentioned she was in a kind of a dark place when she came up with this yeah. and there was that connection and that love for Neo and Trinity that really helped her it sounds right, like right. and that love shines through and it allows the audience to fall in love with them as well you come for the incredible action sequences and you stay for the character development Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's an entertaining franchise. It's it's not it's not a perfect franchise. It's not my my favorite franchise. I can see why some people really flock to this, and I can see why some people think that this is absolutely incredible. Right. I'm not one of those people that that is in love with the entire franchise, but there's right. a, there is a lot to enjoy here. Yeah. So I agree. Well, my friend, with that, we we close the book on the Matrix franchise, and we say goodbye to Neo and his friends, but we will be back next week as we start our journey into the Before Trilogy with Before Sunrise. That was beautiful. Thank you again to everybody who has listened to us. Thank you to Tony. Of course, thank you. Big thank you to John. Big thank you to John for sitting in with us. For sitting in with us. It's been a fun ride, and we've really enjoyed having him. Yes. Thank you to everybody who, who, again, who has given us a listen, who has given us a chance. We really, truly, truly appreciate it you can follow us on twitter and instagram at franchise me pod you can follow us on letterbox mm-hmm. it's franchise me just one word check out our brand new website and spanking new franchise me podcast.com yes, it's out all there. of our episodes are up there we're going to be messing around adding some new things and yes, putting some things yes, up there yes, yes you can leave us a voicemail on the website that's not going to backfire <laughs> <laughs> um really excited for that make sure you listen to us rate us review us on apple podcast i think you can also rate and review right on, now on, on the website oh, on spotify on spotify, yeah. spotify has a spotify rating has thing, a rating now. thing now. Now. give us a rating on spotify make sure you come back next week as we head into the next franchise and tackle before sunrise